Blog Talk Radio. Father, we praise you, Lord. 
Thank you, Father. Before I begin this, I'm just going to share real quick, not one of those like real long ones. <laughs> that it looks like I, I I don't know how to put this into words, um, but I will say this. I'm just going to straight up. Um, it appears that the level and the intensity of the satanic attacks against the saints right now is at an all-time high. Now, I, I'm not claiming to be a saint by any stretch of the imagination, and quite frankly, I'm not exactly sure what, what the Bible's definition of a saint is, except that they're trying very, very hard. We're all with flaw. We're all seeped in sin. Remember Isaiah. Remember uh, how I believe it was a wasn't it a seraph, seraphim that touched his lips with uh, a hot coal, and he said how he was undone just even looking in the heaven. Remember Joshua the high priest in Zechariah chapter three verses one through seven, and how he Satan was accusing him right there, even as he stood, even as God brought him before his uh, supreme courts of heaven, I believe, and um, definitely the courts of heaven. And and God had to tell Satan, bug off, you know, bug off. Is, it, is, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Get lost. Knock it off. So anyway, uh, you know, uh, so there we have biblical evidence beyond any shadow of a doubt that, that Satan's going to keep on coming at us even sometimes, even, you know, when, when our Heavenly Father is working on things that are – can you imagine? I mean, just can you imagine? Let's just pretend that the only universe that exists is this one. Just, just, just for grins and giggles, let's just say maybe the only verse that exists in this one, regardless of what the testimonies we've heard, regardless of what makes the most logical sense, we'll just pretend that this is the only universe. At least, praise Jesus, we're not pretending like the church that we're the only pebbles on the beach. Now, that being said, imagine 1 Kings twenty-two nineteen, where God stands before a pantheon of spirits and and an innumerable company of beings, uh, spirit beings, minor gods, and says, you know, and asks, you know, how are we going to ensure that King Ahab, you know, falls at Remoth Gilead? And one speaks to another, another says, and then blah, 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 and they're talking back and forth and everything, and one steps forward and says, I know, I will go down and become a lying spirit in front of the mouth of all the prophets. Imagine how many times that happens a day as compared to a single day in our lives. Uh, it, you know, I'm not trying to make some sort of uh, ambiguous comparison of eternity to, um, to our realm, except for, the, for what makes logical sense in our, in our pathetic inability to be able to, you know, to grasp these exceedingly advanced concepts. And probably, I don't even know how, how we're going to, you know, God would have to instill his wisdom into us once we're in glory to even begin to get it. But the best that I can figure when I look at everything and I read the scripture and I imagine using my sanctified imagination, I think about these things constantly. I, I, I'm obsessive compulsive disorder about Bible mysteries. Now, all that being said, right now, what I am seeing is an attack on the saints that is ever increasing. Okay, right about the time that we think that we have a breakthrough, two or three days later, maybe a week later, something worse happens. It's just the intensity is increasing, and and it, and it's not for uh, it really isn't for lack of prayer, as best as I can tell. Um, uh, I have been very successful. Um, I've been under, as I have testified before in various testimonies, that I've been under attack um, in in many different ways over the years, but. Um, probably from about the middle middle point of 2017 until now, it's been incessant. Now it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride, and there's been some respite here and there, but 
And what's interesting is I was able to get rid of attacks from residual attacks uh, after the really big attack, you know, where my life, there was an attempt made on my life and police officers involved and miracles that occurred because of the fact that, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but it has to do with the laws of Florida. And all those laws and all the regular routines were overlooked because of the dynamics and the, anyway, long story short, once again, God stepped in. Uh, it was hor- horrible. It was traumatic. It was unbelievable. I can't even – I don't even like to think about it. But it's total PTSD for that moment if I do go back into it, and I don't really want to dwell on it. But anyway, the point is from that point forward, I've been – now Now there was a, an intensity of attacks from covens. Okay, now I ha- it just happens to be that I have an expertise. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not a delivery expert in, in satanic ritual abuse, disassociative identity disorder. That is not not my specialty. I know the tactics and I know what what you do, what the exercises that you have to go through and the years of uh, working with people that have been attacked, you know, through satanic ritual abuse. I know how it goes. We've had untold numbers of people on this show that are specialists in that area over these years. Now, all that being said, um, and I've had personal experience with it, but all that being said, what I have noticed, and I just want to share this with you because you may be going through this. So the Lord showed me little by little. There was lots of little mini miracles along the way, coincidences that could not be explained. But somehow he led me to understanding that using the power of the holy fire of God in our prayers through declarations in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, it was a, it was a journey for me to get to that place. As a matter of fact, if you go to tribulation-now.org and you type on the spiritual warfare prayers link, it doesn't even have the prayers that we're using on the prayer vigil right now. Okay, it, it has pieces and parts and snippets, but it was never put together for me. It was put together for me, I believe, through the leading of the Lord supernaturally and in practice. And, it, and, I, and, and what you do is you, know, you try something new. You try something different. You follow the leading. You, then you read the scripture. You put things together. Then God will send you somebody that will say, hey, you know, uh, the Lord put upon my heart uh, that the fire that comes out of the two witnesses' mouth is actually the holy fire of God. And then you'll, you'll be like, that person doesn't even listen to the prayer vigil. How in the world would they have thought of that? But out of the clear blue sky, I'll get a, a communication over a Facebook messenger from, from somebody that I knew, and I know that isn't, pay, you know, isn't listening to the program anymore, uh, that, that's you know, going off on you – know, they're, they're t- taking on other ministry work or, or dealing with other challenges in their lives. And the only reason I know that is because I've seen some of their Facebook posts when I would go out and put a show on, on Facebook because I, I don't hang out on Facebook, and I don't post. You know, very, very, very rarely ever do I post much on Facebook you know, with nearly 5,000 – quote, friends. Um, Praise God. I use it as a method to get the word out that a show is about to take place as a general rule. Praise God. So that's not, so when I see something that has to do, and I, and I understand what someone's going through in their life, it's because God wants me to see it because I I don't look. That's I never go there to look at anything. I avoid it for very, very good reasons, by the way, for the same reasons that I beseech and beg people who don't listen to me ever, 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 never, well, maybe some people do, but most, the vast majority of people that I recommend do not, you know, hey, I strongly recommend, you know, would you recommend that a fellow brother and sister walk into a landmine? I mean, you know, would you recommend that, would you would you point to a, fil- a field and say, hey, man, there's, you know, there's Azov Battalion Ukrainian landmines all over that field? Why don't you go out there and do a little bit of investigation about the about uh, what's going to be happening in the future? Why don't you go out in that landmine where you're probably going to get 
blown to pieces or have a leg go flying off or have an emotional nervous breakdown or, or, or sell everything that you have or give away every penny that you have to the kingdom of God because Jesus is coming tomorrow because that person who is bawling and praising God on YouTube told you that and you believe them and now you have no money to live by and you are praying and begging for people to help you. And then we, without any regard to the guidance that we have in the book of Proverbs, and you need your, you would never, a Christian would never, a fellow brother and sister in Christ would never do that. The love of the Lord Jesus, the compassion that we should have with Jesus in us for our fellow brothers and sisters and following the scripture where in the book of Timothy, I believe it is Timothy, I'm, you know, I just got to go back and do another sweep of the New Testament and do, do some more um it's just one of those things. It's like uh, Jack, Jack Van Impey used to teach on how to uh, memorize scripture. And one of the things he would say is you stacks of three by five cards. You write them down, then you carry them around, and then you have to keep going through them. There's no point where you always where you, where you will have a forever remember moment. It's practice. It's repeating. It's practice. Well, anyway, see so that's what you do. But you, we it, in it was, maybe first Timothy, maybe second Timothy. I'm not sure. Maybe Titus. But somewhere in there it says. I think it's in there where it says we should not ever trip up a brother. Never do anything that's going to trip up or cause a fellow brother and sister to slip into sin or do something, have something bad happen to them, especially not something that might, not, might lead them away from salvation. God will hold you very much uh, you know, uh, accountable for that. That's one of the reasons why it says in the book of James, you know, I would not want for you to, for many of you to become teachers because don't you know that we receive a, a stricter punishment? Of course, that one scares the dickens out of me, so I have no problem with maintaining my fear of God. Now, all that being said, and I don't really claim myself as being a teacher. I just share things that I see. I share things that the Lord, I believe that the Lord has shown me. Maybe I found it myself. Maybe the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Maybe for a moment I was given a word of wisdom from the Lord, and it was something that I had to share. Maybe it was a little mini miracle. I don't even have any idea. Maybe I just saw it myself. And I figured, hey, look at this. I'm not making staking a claim anywhere. But what I am saying is that we should, I, you know, I try my very deepest I, with all of my heart because of experience. If you are a master sergeant in, well, we'll use Afghanistan. I hate to use Afghanistan because it was such a contrived and horrible, ridiculous war. But anyway, it was just what a travesty for the people who truly went there to do a good thing, but were misled by the devil and ended up having legs blown off. But anyway, uh, unfortunately, that's kind of like the, the world that we are walking in right now, whether or not it's a physical malady where you've had your arm blown off or it's a mental, this, this absolutely horrific, destructive series of events. Maybe it's a, a long, drawn-out series of events that never end. Can you imagine what kind of a nightmare it is to go through a life where you are trying your best to grow closer to the Lord, help other people, touch their lives, and with all of your heart, you've given up pretty much everything except your dwelling place and the things that are located in your dwelling place, and you are being blessed by God enough to have a job in a difficult time where you can continue to try your very best to help people, right? And and I'm I'm just using myself as an example because I don't have anybody else to use as an example, but I'm certain in my heart that there are many other people that have their versions of the same story because I hear it. They tell me. A lot of them do, not all. My point is is that right now what I am seeing in my life, and I'm also hearing from other people's lives, and we're not all happening. It's not like we're all in the same exact car on the roller coaster. We're not all going up the hill at the same time. 
and going down the hill and then swirling around a loop-de-loop. We're not on the same hill. It's like being on like – you'd have to imagine like a super coaster where it had three cars that left the station at the same time. Some of your brothers and sisters are in car number two. Some of your brothers and sisters are in car number three. But the hills are all different, and we're passing by each other and swooping around, and one's going up, one's going down, one's going up, one's going out. But the point is the intensity of the coaster ride is getting more so and more so and more so. And what's really odd – to me, is that the prayers that the Lord led me to use over time that were proven to be effective in the spiritual realm as far as testimonies. I, had, I was on the phone trying to line up a guy named Matthew to come on the program uh, in Australia, talking to him. I think it was over a Skype communication so that he wanted to learn a, bit, a little bit about more in you know, all that. And I was, it was show prep. It was like several weeks before he was even scheduled to come on. And he, and he says to me, I'm, I'm talking about, you know, here's the number that you call, here's how you hook up, and here's your Skype and all that kind of stuff. I'm really excited. Thank you for coming on. And, I, and right in the middle of my, you know, giving him instructions and everything and, and telling him thank you, he stops and he says, excuse me, excuse me, I see holy fire around your house. I see two warrior angels standing at the front of your house. Now, this guy never listened to the radio show, never heard Never ever heard me say I declare the holy fire of God to do diddly because he, I, he had no idea. He had never heard of us. That's one of the reasons why I was calling him. But the Lord gave him a, a vision, a word of knowledge at the time, and he was able to actually physically see it. And that was God showing me through a person in Australia that the holy fire tactical prayer methodologies that, I have imp- that, that the Lord has led me to implement, which got rid of the witch coven attacks after the big event in 2018, or 20, late, late 2017, and then bled over into 2018 for about six months. But anyway, the point is, it was God showing me through a person, some a random person that we were, you know, in Australia. And I just lost it. I mean, when you get that kind of a confirmation, you will lose it. If you don't get that kind of confirmation, just remember that there, you know, you've got to remember that the, the, your senses and sensitivities, your senses and sensitivities need to be tuned in to everything. Nothing is a coincidence. We are in a hologram. I know, I know, I get it. When, when Einstein said, we're in a hologram, albeit a very convincing one, that may have been the greatest understatement that has ever been made since before there was time. Now, all that being said, when we're going through the horrific real, uh, our realist, re, uh, realization, we'll just call it, our realization, our actual living and walking through this awful, hor- horrific hologram, Okay, is um, we, we, you know, it's the intensities are getting greater. Now, I I don't know exactly how to interpret that. And I'm pretty darn good at figuring things out when it comes to those kinds of things, because I understand all of the dynamics of how God refines us with his fire. He tests us. He expects us to praise through the storm no matter what. And even when we see no results from our prayers for years, in some cases, believe it or not, years, God wants us to praise him and thank you, Jesus, and wake up and raise our hands into the ear you know, positive affirmations. I praise you, Father God, and do it endlessly because the second that you stop, guess what? Boom, you lose your your blessing. You're not going to get an answer to that prayer. Now, you can keep on praying for that, which I recommend, and then you keep on praising because you know that you're going to receive it. But until you get to the point where you don't flip out on that journey of praise, believing that you're going to receive it, 
then you're going to have to rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And you'll have to fight that battle over and over and over again. Take your pick. I don't care what it is. I, it doesn't matter to me what it is. Believe me, anything that you have done or are doing that's not right or bad, I've probably done worse many times. So anyway, the, the journey is extremely difficult, and we are all in this together. And like I said, I don't even know what the definition of a saint is given everything I know. I know that I have met pastors who were very anointed that God would use to, to divinely heal other people that would like say things to me like, oh, I believe that if a person sins after they were saved, they were never saved in the first place. And I'm thinking like, whoa. Whoa, here's somebody that God is using to heal, because that's how it works. Listen to the testimony of John Mulinde, M-U-L-I-N-D-E, at IHOP, the International House of Praise. Type it into YouTube, although that is an exception to the rule. But this, this stuff that, I, that people won't, they won't take my advice on, I've been begging them not to go into the minefield. YouTube is minefield. I've, I've been doing this fervently. I've, no one, I, I do not believe, honestly, that I can communicate effectively enough with people. And I guess, you know what, I honestly believe, uh, here's what I truly believe. What I truly believe with all of my heart is that regardless of the fact that I, you know, if you include all of the time that I put into the website in 2009, et cetera, and it's over like 12.8 years or something like that that I've been doing this, and I've taken it on the chops, beaten over the head, we went through that, that arduous journey on, on a loop-loop roller coaster ride where every, you know, where we were watching the whole Obama administration, the tearing down of the country, not even at the degree that we're at right now. Untold numbers of prophecies, dreams, and visions, and people that were really relatively famous had been on Jim Baker's show. That we brought them on this show. They came on. They testified. They were saying the same thing. It was in concert. Everybody was saying unanimously, Obama is the last president, and this country is going into martial law, so buckle up. So positive that we were, many of us were, that we were handing out these cards, which I went to Vistaprint, I printed out thousands of them, um, and then I, we started sending them out in envelopes to people to help them to be able to witness people. I can tell you that one, one person who, who is, who, who's the uh, wife of the pastor of a church in North Carolina was handing the cards out to the congregation. And witnessing to the congregation and letting them know, this is what's happening. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. Next thing you know, we wake up and there's Donald Trump in the presidency. And then, of course, you've got your YouTubers coming out with their new revelations from the Bible on how Donald Trump was actually being mentioned in the Bible, which I hold in, in great disregard with a very squinty eye nowadays. Um, never, nevertheless, at this point, there, it, you know, that's, at that point, it's when I knew in my heart you know, whether or not Trump is mentioned in the Bible, I disagree with that, but that's okay. You know, whatever you want to believe, you can believe Donald Duck is the Antichrist. You're fine. You're fine. That it, it, None of this stuff is worth even having any kind of a discussion over. If somebody wants to believe in the Mandela effect when it's the biggest pile of baloney that was ever created since Satan, you know, uh, was, with, was with Father and, 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 uh, and um, our king uh, creating the universe as Lucifer, then go ahead and believe it. I've, I've literally handheld and proven, taken snippets of text right out of the Bible, handed it to the person who claimed that the text was changed by the devil, handed it directly to them, said, look right here. I even highlighted it, and it, they still would not receive it. You know why? Because there's other people out there more bigger and better and wonderful and well-renowned and authors of books and everything else that say that it's real. No one even stops to think who God is. What is the word of God? The Word of God is Jesus. Please read the Gospel of John, 
the first six, seven verses, the Word of God is Jesus Christ. The Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing under the soul, spirit, bone and marrow, it's a discern of thoughts, you know, an intense of the heart. It's Jesus. So when you're saying that, oh, Saint and Mandela effect and changed all the scriptures of the Word, what you're basically saying is that Saint was given permission by God to go in and change the very Word that is the essence of Jesus Christ, His own Son. What a slap in the face. But yet there's supposedly zillions of people out there. Obviously, they don't know their Bible very well. Obviously, they haven't been studying it or reading it very well. Obviously, they fell into a trap and they think the earth is flat or triangular or shaped like an elephant. I don't care. But at the end of the day, it's an unfortunate thing that no matter how many times you beg people not to run into that minefield, they run into it. And then they blow off a leg and they come to you and they're like, why is my leg blown off? Because you went into the minefield. But the, the crux of this is – the crux of what I'm sharing with you is this. I'm seeing an intensity. I don't understand it. I really – I don't. It's, an, it's, an, it's not – and I know now, this week especially, I was getting punched out real bad for the last couple of weeks. And it was uh, – you know, honest, quite frankly, I wasn't as – when I was praying, in other words, instead of seven days a week, absolutely leaning in on my prayer, 45 minutes early in the morning – in tears, pounding it out without a, missing a beat. Okay, but then I went, I was just getting punched out so bad that I needed, it was like, I don't know, have you ever seen the look on a boxer's face when they've taken just like three too many hits and they start to wobble and waver? You know, I got to the point where I said to the Lord, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 60, I'm tired, I can barely get up in the morning, I'm not sleeping well, the stress is overwhelming, I, you know, I, I'm trying to hold it together here, you know, and, and I would get up, go through it, barely make it through the day, 3 o'clock, by 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I, I can barely form a sentence. I'm literally stutter, stuttering, can you imagine? I, I'm not a stuttering type of person. So... I went through that rough phase, but then I, I got the energy back up. I kept on punching through, punching through, punching through with the prayers. Got up 10 times more determined than the week before. Got everything back together again, and I went through this week, and, and I had my little mini miracle. I testified about it on the last prayer vigil, and, um, and then uh, this whole week was just a hell week. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even tell you. It was a hell week in spite of my prayers. In spite of the spiritual warfare, in spite of it all. And I struggle with that because I, I don't know if it, it – the only thing that makes sense to me, and I want to share this with you because maybe you're going through similar things, and I know some are. And, um, and I think this might be that preparation for a period on this earth for us – I'm not saying uniquely for us, but probably to some degree, much more for us than for the believers that are kind of lost in la-la land and, you know, running around in church and praising God and, you know, but there's no negative battery of the terminal connected. I mean, they're just, you know, they believe whatever the pastor, they're really just going there to shake hands and hug people and say, hey, how you doing? How's little Sally? And, you know, have macaroni and cheese, you know, dinners and things like that. It's for fellowship. That's all they're going there really for. They'll tell you that, oh, this guy's the greatest preacher and teacher. You just got to come with me. Oh, my gosh, you're going to love him. And you get in there and all you see is this guy jumping around on a stage, you know, telling every, you know, and maybe he's really gets people excited because of his tone of voice and how he jumps around. Praise God! And everybody's just kind of, wow, hallelujah. But there's, you know, but there's just, there's sin in the church. 
there's no no there's no proper counseling. It, it's 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 a warning that came from Peter. It's in I forget what it. Which, I think it's in First mm, Peter four or something like that. But I got to go back and look. But anyway, it's the part where it says it's about itchy ears. So just search on itch i i t c h star. You know, or just type in itching ears into Google or better, DuckDuckGo, and type the word Bible, itching ears Bible. You know, it's, it's where it says that people will not adhere to sound doctrine. They stack up for themselves teachers that they like. That's what it's talking about. They, they, they go places that they like. You know, if, you, if everybody was always going to a church that was being pastored by Leonard Ravenhill, they would be like coming out going, oh, my gosh, I'm going to hell. I'll never make it. I'll never make it because Leonard Ravenhill would put the fear of God in people. That's why he – I don't even think he had a church. I think he, he was just somebody that other churches brought in, but I'm not sure. But the point is this. I'm seeing an intensity. I do not understand it, and the only explanation that I can possibly come up with, and it's very, very hard, I don't get it. But I'm thinking maybe because remember that Satan is always under the thumb of the father unless unless the the one exception to that that I can think of is if God willfully pulls his hands back. Now, if God pulls his hands, but see, that doesn't make sense to me, and I'll tell you why, because God literally had to tell uh, um, Satan. You can mess with Job all you want. And, even, and, and, and our father even gave Satan more latitude to, get, to attack. So it was like a two-faced thing. But, he, but the one thing he kept saying to Satan was, do not kill him. Don't, you know, you can, you can mess up everything in his life. Destroy him. Do whatever you want to do. Make him sick. Make him in agony. Take everything away from him. But don't kill him. Don't you kill him. All right, you with me? You following along? I'm hoping you're following along because this is where Job. Job is the, the my sister, my one sister. She's <laughs> cracks me up. She's like, I really hate the Book of Job. It's just so negative, and I, you know. And I'm like, I love the Book of Job. I mean, really, all I need there's so much in the Book of Job. It's unbelievable. It's like unlocks the mysteries of the universe and how God works and interacts with Satan. It's all in there. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I think it's Job 13:15. I'm not sure, but anyway, the point is, it's in there. You can type it, you can Google it, or duck, duck, go it. Much better. Right now, I'm to the point where I'm not using Google hardly ever anymore, unless it's just a random search for something I don't really care about, and I know I'm going to get get a reasonable hit on, you know, like technology or something having to do with my job. But I, if I want any real research, you've got to use DuckDuckGo because they have completely rewritten Google. Google is absolutely destroyed. It is the largest lying sack of bits and bytes that Satan has ever injected on the earth next to the Mandela effect. Now, all that being said, why would God allow the intensity to increase? Why would God, on our behalf, loving us, say to Satan, hey, man, you can have them. You can do what you want with them. But whatever you do, don't kill them. In other words, the same words that are at the end of the third seal in Revelation 6, what, are, what is it? Like second verse, third verse? You know, where, okay, where it says, do not harm the oil or the wine, which is the bride. So that tells me that the bride of Jesus Christ, regardless of whether it's a barley harvest, wheat harvest, or the grape harvest, grape harvest is Revelation 14 for sure. Wheat harvest is, is the day of the Lord, uh, Revelation 6, 12 through 17. Okay, and barley harvest, well, all we can say is that it's somewhere after do not harm the oil or the wine. 
which is what I think we ought to, all ought to be shooting for. You would be – I've heard people say the most insane things. They mean well, but they really – it's kind of like, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they say. And there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Life and death in the power of the tongue. And for the people that say in their false sense of ignorant bravado, oh, well, I think the Lord has chosen me to go into the Great Tribulation, but God, i got to help people out and all this other stuff. They have no idea what they're saying. And all we can do is pray in Jesus' name that our Father forgives them and ignores every word that comes out of their mouth. Because if they get what they're asking for, if they even live for a couple of months, which will be unlikely, it'll be the most horrible thing they have ever volunteered to do. You might as well lay down on a table on your back and ask somebody to slowly saw you in half with a dull saw. Because that's how horrible it's going to be. And, that, and guess what? It's probably going to be a lot hor- more horrible than that. You, you see the PTSD that happens to people that go to Afghanistan or whatever the case, and they see you know three or four of their, their, their buddies' uh, heads literally blown off by an IED. And then they have to go to a psychiatric ward and sit there and stare at the wall, unable to speak for like eight months before, uh, you know, with a little bit of help with medications and things, they, they finally can start to talk. They have PTSD, severe period for the rest of their lives. Some of them can't even hear like a firecracker go off without literally freaking out and needing to go get medication. That's the kind of horror monsters, creatures, horrible things that are going to be that people that that the, that the tribulation saints are going to be subject to. The tribulation saints are the ones that are cast into the great tribulation. You'll see that in Revelation. Let me double check my math here. You'll be ca- it's it's in Revelation 2:22 where they're cast into the great tribulation. In other words, if you don't buck up, you don't repent, you don't get ducks in a row, okay, you don't become holy, I'm going to cast you into the great tribulation. That's essentially what Revelation 2:22 says. And by the way, that applies to all of the churches with the exception of the Church of Philadelphia, which doesn't dork up. This notion that the 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 warnings that go to the, the you know the, the the seven churches that you know in Revelation two and three that those warnings are not across the board. Why do you think that the Church of Ephesus that was told that they have to make Jesus his first love that they forgot? Do you think that making Jesus the first love isn't applicable to the Church of Pergamos, the Church of you know Thyatira, the Church of Smyrna, the Church of Philadelphia? What do you think that rule of making Jesus just because it was in that, talking to the Church of Ephesus? Making Jesus your number one—that's ridiculous. So then you, so then by by simple deduction and and really kind of weak logic, not weak strong logic, but but weak in a sense that most people don't even get it. All those things apply. All the things that Jesus is warning about to all of the churches in, in Revelation two and Revelation three are going to those warnings apply to every one of the churches, because the good things apply to every one of the churches too. Now, because if a person does what, you know, if they're in one of the other churches other than the Church of Philadelphia and they're in any of the other churches, when you listen to the admonishments from Jesus to that church, those report cards, basically what Jesus says is if you pull it together, you're going to become part of the Church of Philadelphia. Get it? All right. So anyway, but my point is this. This intensity is increasing to the point, and the only answer I can come up with is that God is refining us much further than we could ever have imagined, and I'm really – 
I'm not having any doubts in my faith, and I, I admit I get exceedingly tired, unbelievably exhausted, and to the point where – and when I'm really, really tired, I get negative. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Like I had a little cup of coffee. I was absolutely exhausted after today. Um, you know what? You have good problems and bad problems. Why? At the moment – and by the way, this is subject to change because the super-duper looper might go the other direction on the roller coaster any second now. And that thing that I used to say about that I'm always looking over my shoulder because I know that I probably have another test coming, some more refiner's fire. Maybe I failed the last test or I didn't do it as well as I ought to or maybe I didn't hang in there you know, perpetually. Uh, maybe I slipped. Who knows? And I have to go back and do it again. But – The only answer I can come up with is that what we're going to have to go through – imagine what's going to happen when there's global financial collapse. Imagine what's going to happen when we lose every single penny of money that we have. We cannot keep the lights on our house. We're literally sitting in a non-air conditioned, sweating, smoldering, unbelievably hot house. We cannot sleep for four, five, six days straight. Can't even get a breeze to come through our house. Temperatures are over 104 degrees and uh, and electricity has been taken out. Uh, the, fi- the global financial collapse has happened. The petrodollar is down. They probably have instituted some type of martial law. This is the kind of vision that we have to take in our hearts and try to deal with as we approach the end of the third seal and we are only in the very beginning of it. How long is this going to drag out? How long? Look, look by now, it, you know, if, Reve, it, it, if Revelation 2, the second seal, you know, behold, a red horse is in fact Russia, which, by the way, lines up with scripture, lines up with Jack Van Impey's, uh, you know, studies and stuff from back in the 70s. I mean, the, 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 the odds that that is not a fact, that Russia isn't going to come to a boiling point where they are sick and tired of us jamming our missiles down their throats, jamming um, our equipment uh, with our special forces men. We are literally at full-blown war with Russia now. It isn't even a proxy war, okay? We are there. We are with their men. They are picking up our, our, the credentials of our special forces teams, and they are holding them up in front of the camera to the world, if you're willing to go look on Telegram, to see that the United States of America and our armies are over there directly fighting with Russia as of – this has been going on for months and months and months. Yeah, Russia, and then they have the nerve to point to Russia. I'm not saying Russia is all good. I'm just saying what the facts are. The facts are the facts. I've seen this. I've seen both sides of the story. I've seen the evidence, and I know what I've seen. And I've seen it time and time again. And I know people over there, and I know people who speak Russian and all other stuff, which, which also supports everything. But the point is this. They're holding it up. They're proving it to the world. No one's listening. They proved all the bioweapons uh, facilities uh, that, were, that the United States has put up there because clandestine facilities that Obama the Antichrist backed with Fauci and all these other freaks and shape-shifting entities that aren't even human that are tares like Jesus warned us about that look like people, but they're not. When you wrap your or try your best to wrap your mind around all of these things and you think about it, you've got to imagine what is it like. Get yourself, you know, I love to watch apocalyptic movies. I love it. I don't even know why. I think, you know, I think why? I think the reason why is, is because it draws my heart and my mind and my soul into what I already know is the inevitable. It connects me to the Word of God. That's why I adore the feeling that I have when I am sitting there, as odd as this may be, and I know other people share in this same feeling, to sit in front of a really outstanding cinematic uh, production that just prophetically aligns to the things that are going to happen. Oh, yeah, it has a little bit of a twist in the in the uh, playwright and everything, and it makes it a little bit more Hollywoodish. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, it is highly feasible that many of those things, if not guaranteed, that many of the things that are happening in that movie are, in fact, going to happen to the people that are in the Great Tribulation or even before it.
And it's odd because if I watch a movie that takes me off into La La Land, it's a flowery little fun, sweet magnolias type of show that's relatively clean, you know, and it's something that I can watch. And if I drift off into that beautiful, you know, hallmark set, okay, of, of, you know, of this imaginary town where everybody's good friends and blah, 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 blah. It's a great escape, but I don't have the peace. I mean, I do for a little bit of a time when the escape is in full effect in the midst of the movie. But once that movie comes to an end, I feel melancholy. But if I watch an apocalyptic program, for some reason, I feel connected to God. It's almost like my spirit tells me, that's coming, that's coming. Get ready, get ready, get ready. I don't even know if I'm going to be here. I don't even know if I'm going to be, you know, I, now how does any of us know that we're going to make the barley harvest? What is the level of sacrifice that's required that Jesus would look at you and say, you've done enough? You're, you, you, you know, what, what does it mean? When, 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 first John, you know, uh, when first John 3, 7 says, he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous. You put that side by side with first John 1, 9 where it says, if we confess of our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Okay, but, but, there, but then you read some of the other scriptures, like further down in first John, and it talks about, you know, he who is born of God does not sin. He keeps himself and the evil one does not touch him. So what, what does the word keep mean? Does the word keep mean that, you, that they were successful at completely keeping themselves away from all forms of sin? They never, ever tripped up? Even when uh, 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 Romans 14.23 says, that which is not from faith is sin. Who is so good at faith that they can move mountains on this earth? I want to meet them. Dr. O'Rourke, stand up. Come on. Hang out with me for a moment and show me how you're going to move a mountain. I appreciate that you have the divine, the, the touch of divine healing and the gift of prophecy, okay, and, and that people do get healed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But at the end of the day, move a mountain for me. So we're, we're all lacking to some degree in every, really in everything. Back to Isaiah and Nicole touching his lips, right? So it's a cycle. It, it has to be a cycle. It's the only thing that makes sense. I'm not making an excuse for sin. As Paul said, heaven forbid. But what I'm doing is I'm trying to help you understand that there's got to be some more. It looks to me because otherwise, why wouldn't God afford those of us who are trying much, much? Look, another example. For example, I love my sister. I love her dearly. She is wonderful. She has taught me so much. I can't even begin to. I can't. I can't share it all. It's, it's books, okay. But you know, at some point or another, the Lord takes you on your journey, and then you start learning. Hey, wait, that wasn't exactly. Oh, it's a little bit different. Anyway, you have to break away from the crowd. You got to get away from the sheep herd in order to grow. And that doesn't that doesn't just mean sitting there in your living room reading the Bible and incorrectly thinking things. I'm not going to get into all the details, but the point is the, these these things are very important for us to be able to grasp. If you put side by side the person who goes to the church that is really a fantastic Christian, done a wonderful job, misunderstands a lot of things because of their teachings and and such. Beside us, 
who arguably may be, I hope, I pray, may be the very, very, very rarest of all Christians who understand the importance of prayer, understand spiritual warfare tactics, understand that it is our job to be like Jesus and defeat the works of the devil. And if we're defeating the works of the devil, the devil hates our guts on a whole nother level. Let me tell you something. Again, like I have said before, like we said when we had that, um, you know, the guest the other day, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm dropping a bit. But anyway, the point is, um, and he's coming back on, and I can't wait. But but you know, immediately we we synchronized on the fact that if you're if you're taking a bayonet and you're running into the Nazi camp, you're going to get a purple heart. Got it? You're going to get a purple heart. You're not going to jump into the middle of the Nazi encampment, okay? You against, what, a thousand Nazis all armed and with grenades and everything else, and you think you're going to get out of there without getting an arm or a leg blown off? And this is all metaphorical. But what if it's not? What if, it's not, what if you translate it? What if you move it from the metaphorical analogy that I'm giving you, which is very it's – it's outstandingly accurate when it comes to spiritual warfare, and how the difference between those who hide in the foxhole which there's lots of those, and ones who say, you know, darn the torpedoes, and they, they, they say, I, I'm, I've got it in for the devil, and I'm, I'm going into the camp. I'm going in where those demons are. I'm going to smack them around. I'm going to burn them with the holy fire of God. I'm, I, I'm not taking this crap. Excuse me for the C word. If that offended you, I didn't mean it to. I'm just, you know, but... But it's been a heck of a day, folks, and <laughs> if it wasn't for the power of Jesus Christ in me right now, I can tell you that that word might have been a different one by accident. And then I would have had to repent and say, Father, I am sorry I used that word. Please, Father, in the name of Jesus, I command the renewing of my mind and the removal of such words from my vocabulary in Jesus' name. And I praise you. I praise you for helping me. I praise you for teaching me. I praise you for renewing my mind. I praise you for helping me. Thank you, Jesus. And then you move on. You praise and you keep on praising. You keep on trying to get better. And maybe maybe you can finally get to the, you know, whatever word that fits fits the bill. You know, fudge. <laughs> okay, or whatever. But the point is, it, it's a journey. And the more you're fighting the devil, the the more you're going to get a purple heart. The more your your mental is going to be affected, you're you're going to be more stressed out. Then you're going to have to fight off the stress. Um, there was this lovely thing that I saved um, to share. Uh, I don't remember where I put it um, because of how the craziness of the day. But the bottom line, I want to look at my time. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm 45 minutes in. That's a lot. I didn't want to do that. Okay, so here's – I'm going to cut to the point. The point is this. We may be getting conditioned. The only thing that makes sense to me is that we are getting conditioned kind of like birth pangs. It, our attacks are ramping up. God is allowing it. Because he, he he would be the one to step in and say, just like he did to Joshua or uh, to in Zechariah to Satan, you know, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? I rebuke you, Satan. Um, you know, if God had said that and he could have stopped Satan from attacking Job, he did. Job was astonished. Job, I mean, uh, Satan was astonished that God was going to allow him to attack Job. He couldn't believe it. He was like, and, and Job one nine, Satan literally says to him, what, what? He goes, you know, I can imagine his absolute befuddlement. And he says, like, does does Job fear God for nothing? Do you not have a hedge of protection around him, his family, his livestock, and on every side? I mean, Satan was absolutely mind-bent. He was completely befuddled, stupefied that God said that you could attack Job. 
Now, we have to take that lesson because the times that we live in right now are darker than the times of Job, in my opinion. Now, there might have been creatures and various things walking the earth back then that, uh, you know, that we don't have today, okay? Or maybe they, maybe we do, and they're inside of gigantic 26-mile-wide motherships and inside deep underground bases or whatever. I don't know. <clears throat> maybe they're being saved up for something. Who knows? I don't know. But... What I do know is when I imagine, if I am correct, and I believe strongly that I am, if I am correct about do not harm the oil or the wine being at the very end of the third seal, and I look at where we are in the, in the midst of the collapse, the global financial collapse, and I say to myself, be honest with yourself, John. Do you, John, do you believe that when it says do not harm the oil or the wine, God is telling the darkness, leave the saints alone, do not kill them? Do not harm them, like he said when, when he was telling Satan what he could get away with with Job. Don't kill him. But do, but, do we, but do we know what that actually means? What does it translate into? How hard is the suffering that we're going to have to go through? When I imagine all the things that are likely to happen, when I study the, the last uh, financial collapse of, of, of the country of Argentina, when I study, and I believe I'm a little bit of an expert on World War II, how people hid money inside cash, inside their walls, that you literally had to know it was like a secret thing. And you got almost like that thing that you see in, you know, where they would have to pull like this, this uh, uh, kickboard or away, away from the wall at exactly the right place. And it would like open up a little area where they could reach in where they had some money hidden. It was the only way that they could eat. Only way. And again, silver and gold aren't going to do you any good because you're just going to get shot. The second you pull out a piece of gold in a situation like that and somebody sees it, you are going to be killed immediately. You will never have a chance to use that gold. And the only person who can use the gold is the person who puts it on the counter with a, with a, with a Colt 45 in their hand. But somebody behind them will probably shoot them for that. The situation that we're going into is so beyond horrible that I don't think that I am able to even articulate it, and I really don't think that there is anybody short of the underground church in North Korea or China that would be able to articulate, or maybe some of the places in Africa, that could, could articulate that level of horror being a Christian. Now, I do not believe, and I, was, I know I'm using more time than I wanted to, but I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, 7 to 8. I'm watching the time. It's about 10 minutes till 8. Uh, round about, I want to see if I can keep this down. But, but think about it. If I'm right about this and the intensity of the attacks that are happening to us, in other words, I personally feel like I should have had an absolutely fabulous day today. After much, if I could... Articulate Now, I'm stuttering, which means that this is beyond my ability to form words that would capture the magnitude of the stress that I had to go through this week. And this comes after I already believed that, the, that it was over, that God had answered my prayer, that the miracle had happened, and this impossible, you know, uh, quarter of a million dollar project, blah, 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 this, that, and the other thing, that, that was badly, the whole contract is dorked up, the words are all wrong, and if we gave them what they wanted in that contract, we'd be at least a million dollars over budget. And then I'm a dead man. <laughs> okay? And because I'm being held accountable for the dork up, the complete Words cannot describe how bad the contract was. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Basically, the contract said, hey, I'm going to give you a broken, tiny little box of toothpicks, and I want you to build a four-story building. And oh, by the way, have it done next week. 
And I anyway, so I got I went through all that stress. I lost sleep. The same dynamic every single time. It's the same dynamic. It just says rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Somebody else dorks up. Somebody else opens their big fat mouth on a meeting and says something that they shouldn't have said. They have no expertise in, and they derail the whole project. They they commit me to do three times the amount of work that I was supposed to do in the first place on the same schedule. Someone who had no business, but they did anyway. Now, is the devil using their mouth like, he, like they did Peter when, Peter when Jesus said, I get thee behind me, Satan? I believe with all of my heart. I believe that the devil is absolutely, he has demons inside people's mouths on the meetings that I go to at work, moving their lips, making them send emails that are going to just completely cause me to lose three days worth of sleep. Now, and today I woke up and I said, oh, I was just praising Jesus, hallelujah, I prayed and everything, I was just, you know, and I just knew today was going to be, I was going to duck, lay low, nothing was going to go wrong, everything is going to be just fine. I was positive that this was going to be a good day because I had made up my mind it was. No, it wasn't. By 2 o'clock, actually by about 1.30 in the afternoon, a woman located on the other side of the country, <clears throat> very young, uh, had made up her mind that her client was the most important client to the, in the world and that, by golly, her client was going to have to have me. Her client liked me. Her client wanted me. Her client was very important, giant company, $9 billion in revenue, and by golly, she asked for me by name, and she was going to have me, and it did not matter what else I was doing or what else I was committed to. Committed to. Now, what that basically means is if I get assigned to two jobs at the same time, I don't get any sleep. I just, I'm up all day. I, I have to work a 24-hour day practically. I mean, well, two, eight hours, 16, because I've got to do all the work for that client, and then I've got to do all the work for the current client. So that's a 16-hour day every single day. Now, and I'm watching the managers and, 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 the, and the directors and stuff sending emails back and forth and going like, no, 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 we can't do that. We can't, we can't do it. No, they're committed. They're already booked. And, and she's like, you know, oh, it's just a war. Now, you could say good problem, bad problem, bad economy. You should be praising God that, you're, that for whatever reason the customers desire you. It's almost like there's a demonic war where, where the customer says something like that's, that's really good okay, about you, uh, but at the same time, it's completely destroying your life. And, you, and you're like, okay, and then you have to shift into this, I'm trusting God, I'm trusting God, I'm trusting God, I'm going to trust you, Lord. I have little signs hung up all over my office to remind me, and I'll stop and I'll start to deep breathe. And I'll, I'll read the one that I have right here. I just put it up. <clears throat> it says, peace and trust in me are richly intertwined in my kingdom. The more you lean on me in confident dependence, the less fearful you will be. If your heart is steadfastly trusting in me, you need not be afraid of the bad news. <laughs> I mean, if that is an apropos, nothing is. All right, so anyway, I bring all this up Yes, at the sacrifice of probably, you know, uh, well, indeed, uh, an hour, to share with you what I believe might be edifying to, to you. First off, if you're going to venture out and decide that you're going on your own fact-finding mission this late in the game, you are going into a minefield, and you're going to get your – this is a metaphor for getting tricked by the devil, believing things that are untrue, and I can tell you – that there were people that had the, the I don't you know even if you if you look up a nervous breakdown on the internet go ahead I challenge you now there are some out there that will describe 
the symptoms of some people that have had severe nervous breakdowns where they were committed. Okay, but to get a clear definition of what defines a nervous breakdown is very difficult to do because there isn't one. There really isn't. There's evidently lots of different levels. Now, they, they have – I'm not going to get into it. That, that, that's a whole psychological discussion of you know, manifestation of different symptoms, et cetera, et cetera, and all that kind of stuff. All I want to point out is when Obama when, – when Trump got reelected and all those prophecies failed, and I believe in my heart that God called an audible because the fullness of the Gentile was obvious, Gentiles was obviously not – and remember – in Kings, remember how Elijah, you know, called down the fire and, and humiliated the priest of Baal, burned them all up. God loves to do that. So if the satanic plan of the of the day was for a bomb, you know, it, it gets conf- complicated. And, and God likes to call audibles. He called audibles to save the, to save the life of Moses an untold number of times. Okay, so, so again, this is kind of the dynamics of the kingdom. It's kind of how it works. And we're a part of it. And the only thing that I can think of is somehow we're going to have to figure out, and I don't know how, because I'm not, I'm not faring really well. Okay, now what I mean is, if I was faring well, and this goes for you too, now listen, it this is this is duplicitous. This is duplicitous. It's two different ways that we act. Just like Jesus, when Jesus was acting like a human in the flesh, he would say, "Oh, Father, why hast thou forsaken me?" You see what I'm saying? That's a fleshy statement. But he was God in the flesh. First, First Timothy three sixteen. God come in the flesh, and 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 you have theologians who can't. Hey, the lights on, the lights off, lights on, the lights off, lights on, the lights off. He was God, he wasn't. So they argue with each other and they write books and they go on Jim Baker and they disagree and blah, 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 blah. But no, it was both. Is Jesus one? Is Jesus with God? Is Jesus one? Is Jesus God? Is Jesus one? Is Jesus God? It's both. So, but problem is people just can't. Our brains, there's something missing from our DNA. We just can't get that middle ground. We can't understand 256 million different colors. We don't understand analog. We understand digital for some reason. It's on, it's off. It's on, it's off. It's right, it's wrong. It's right, it's wrong. No, it is not never, ever, ever, ever like that. It's levels. Satan has it right, and I believe it's just like that in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of Satan has levels. There are powerful demons known as strong men. There are subordinate demons that are just, you know, deaf and dumb demon. Come out. Okay, you got to understand that. Jesus said you got to get the strong man out first, and then you get the subordinate demons out second. Once you cut off the head of the snake and get the strong, so they run in packs. It's a hierarchy. You know, the, 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 I'm not going to get into the whole universal hierarchy of the alien beings and the fallen angelics and all that kind of stuff because that, that's a whole other 30 minutes. But the point is, it's a it's a kingdom, and. So what are they? What 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 is it saying? Satan has no original ideas. Satan wants to be like God. Okay, right? So if all that's true, guess what? God, Satan's kingdom is a mock-up of our kingdom, essentially. So we have the same type of a kingdom and hierarchy in our kingdom. Again, four and twenty elders. Are you going to argue with them? Four and twenty elders tell you to go eat a peanut butter jelly sandwich when you're in heaven, and you're pretty much going to go eat the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I think. So the point I'm trying to help people maybe understand, and again, this is hypothetical to some degree, but certainly comes from a background that's qualified to hypothesize on such, is this um, why. I always want to know why. Why are things getting worse? But fascinatingly, 
in a time when companies are, are doing what's called risks, reductions in force, uh, hiring freezes, all that kind of stuff, I should be like, you know, I should be like praising Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm so popular that a company, that a lady that's in charge of the security, blah, 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 for a $9 billion conglomerate is like sp- telling my company, I don't want anybody but him. You know, to the point where directors are fighting with each other over emails. That, so you say, okay, praise God, that's a wonderful blessing. But at the same time, it doesn't take away the stress. You still got that quarry truck of impossibilities being dumped on your head. You know, elephant balls. Okay, I don't mean, I don't mean, I don't mean, you know, reproductive. I'm talking about elephant dookie coming out of the, a giant quarry truck and being dumped on the top of your head. Oh, and by the way, I didn't mention. Did I mention you that that contract's worked up too? And I have about one quarter of the time I need to do what this woman wants me to do, which means that I'm set up to fail. But you're going to take another miracle of God. So the point is, this is just my story. I can tell you stories about the problems that Sister Nancy is going through, the problems that Sister Mary Lee is going through, the problems that Sister Vera is going through. They all help me with the program. Uh, you know, I can just I can row it all up. I can give you names. I can tell you details. It's none of my business to do so, but I can and, – and they don't mind if I mention their first names, but I'm telling you the stuff that they're going through. It's completely different, but it's equally as impactful. It's horrible stuff. Uh, you know how I know? Because a lot of it I've got – not all of it, not all of it, but a lot of it I've gone through myself already. So um, – and in some cases a lot worse. So that – again, I always kind of tongue-in-cheek say that makes me uniquely qualified – to do what I'm doing right now, to be able to help other people get through those things because God himself knows that I've probably been through it, you know, probably a lot worse than the person that I'm trying to help, okay? So that, you know, that's a good thing. I mean, we want that. We want that balance. You know, it takes the body of Christ. You know, it, you know, it, takes, it, it takes a village to raise a child. We all work together. It, we're all in this together. Our prayers. If I had a nickel for every time the Bible says something along the lines of, you know, woe unto me that if I, that I should, should I not, you know, pray for you, or or it's, I saw it in Timothy, it's it's in Samuel, I think Samuel, I can't remember, it's just it's too much, but but it's all it's in spotted places all over the Bible how the the apostles and different people and patriarchs and such would say, you know, for whatever anointed Holy Spirit filled reason that you know I would never not pray for you because it, you know that would be just awful, or or it would say I'm so blessed because I'm given the privilege to be able to pray for you and I will always pray for you. But they're praying, the the prayers for the saints are some of the most important prayers in the Bible. And we're in the darkest time the the world's ever seen, in my opinion, clearly, except the attacks are mostly, well, not all, well, not all. We did just have that huge bioweapon attack. Now we got the monkeypox, which you're saying is coming from a laboratory. Okay, so we're getting ready to go right back through that again. And and, and oh, did you know the monkeypox? Did you know the whole monkeypox thing was actually, uh, you know how they, what did they call it? It wasn't ID 2020, was it? But whatever, there was was the uh, tabletop exercise where they were practicing just before the release of the bioweapon called COVID, uh, you know, um, which is still knocking people down and killing people and everything else. They were they were doing the tabletop for that. Well, guess what? Just found out they were doing a table. They did the same exact type of tabletop exercise for monkeypox, and that there is a uh, renowned uh, scientist who has come forward and said that he has studied the version of the monkeypox that is out there. He has studied the way it's transmitting, the way it's moving. Uh, he knows the history of monkeypox, and he is saying this one has exactly the same characteristics of long COVID. Just it's just another gain of function 
bioweapon attack against mankind. And now they're ramping up the, a new version of poison to shoot into our arms. A whole other reason for the entity that refers to itself as Biden, which is a, he is definitely a reptilian being. Okay, these are known as uh, Nakash in Genesis 3, but you've got to look at the, the, the Hebrew to see it. The Shining Ones. I don't know why they, I don't get the shining part. But anyway, um, the point I'm trying to make is the only reason I can think that God would basically do the Job thing with many of us is because he loves us. Can you imagine having to go through well, just a pile of ugly so high that it makes Mount Everest look like a tiny anthill? And all the time having to go through it over and over with greater intensity and realize that the reason you have to go through it is because your father loves you. Anybody who doesn't understand that virtually the entire Bible on our walk is the greatest paradox the universe has ever seen has no idea what they're reading when they read the Bible. And quite frankly, again, if you put the happy-go-lucky Christians in the church side by side with those of us who have broken free of the church and strapped on the sword of the spirit onto the end of our, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, we'll just call it our spiritual weaponry, okay, and jumped into the Nazi camp and are taken, we're we're, we're we're taken prisoners. We're doing what we were commanded to do. We are we are being Jesus on this earth. Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the devil, and we're in a time when uh, John uh, fourteen, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen. Uh, come, come into play in a big time uh, where it says, and greater things than these will we do because I go unto the Father. Well, my goodness gracious, it, that says, that, that's speaking volumes. That really just blows the top off of any limits. So that's why I say when I cast the demons into the pit, I declare in the name of Jesus that the fire of God permeates that pit and burns them right where they stand in screaming agony. And I've heard live testimony from people who have been in the spiritual realm and have physically seen the fire of God shooting at these enemies. And it's a real war, and they scatter. As soon as the fire of God comes into the, into the battle at any point, it's, it's almost like a cluster bomb going off or some kind of, you know, it's like, you know, the, the, the soldiers are just like, whoa, run for your lives. And that's how the demons are. They scatter in all directions. They're horrified of it. You know, when Jesus cast the demons into, in, into the pigs, okay, you know, they were like, have you come to punish us before your time? But remember that later he said, when I go unto the father, greater things than these will you do. That pretty much pulls the cap off of the mayonnaise jar as far as I'm concerned. There's no limit. But unfortunately, if there's no limit, there's also no limit to how much, how many purple hearts you might take. And the other thing that comes along with that is that if you are truly doing damage to the devil, which a lot of times you don't see, you can't see it with your own eyes. You're doing it completely out of faith, which, by the way, I have heard uh, from people who have, uh, you know, because they were SRADID and taken into the spiritual realm, they had seen that the prayers of the saints actually are more, far more dangerous weaponry against the demons when they come from pure faith. When you see nothing happening as a result of your prayers, when you see nothing happening as a result of your prayers, that is when you are doing the most damage. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Now, 
I didn't know that this was going to circle back. <laughs> so I guess this is a supernatural thing. Praise Jesus. But um, I'm going to share with you a testimony that just came in moments before the show. The person even hypothesized that, um, you know, or get, get, you know, uh, maybe, I don't know, whatever. Well, I'll just say hypothesize. The person even guessed that, um, or, well, they said that the Lord had placed upon their heart that they were to send the email to me because I needed encouragement. <laughs> After today, folks, somebody saying that Johnny needs encouragement is like, um, <laughs> you know, you know, you just came back from Iraq, and now you have no arms, no legs, and one of your eyes are blown out. And they say, um, hey, you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and give you a really generous pension. And you're, you're like sitting there. You can't talk. You can't barely hear. You're, 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 you, know, and it's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when there, there comes a point where the consolation prize is, is precious. It brings tears to your eyes. But you look back on what you just went through, and you go – so before I read this to you, so today at work, everything went to heck in a handbasket. Well, not everything, but a, a lot of really bad stuff happened. And on a day that I was absolutely positive, praising Jesus, positive beyond any shadow of doubt, it was going to be a good day no matter what. And then it just went. It was like, it, you know, it was like I was going over the super duper louver. I was hanging on to the roller coaster, and there was a break in the track, and the, and the roller and it just went right up into the air and came down right down onto a pile of rocks. Didn't even hit any water, and I just, you know, it was just that kind of an afternoon. It was just unbelievable. Well, then to me, add insult to injury, I had a, I, I have a soft spot in my heart, and when I know people who need money, even though they're and usually there are people that are down and out and for you know different reasons. They just don't have the emotional stability to handle stress. They lose whatever the reasons are. We all have some ability to handle certain amounts of stress. Well, but there's a, a place where it crosses the line. And even though we might be able to keep a straight face in front of the customers, when that when the lights and cameras go off, <laughs> we're looking for a Louisville slugger. Let me tell you something. And outbursts of anger are. It, it's it's not it's a bad thing. You have to repent for it. If you flip out and you say, "What is going on here?" That's an outburst of anger. In 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 uh, Galatians five nineteen, it's one of the ones that are in the list. Also, dissensions and contentions is in that list. That's why I constantly tell people that start fighting with me about the. They say they're not really fighting; that they're just inquiring, but they won't stop asking the same question over and over again, no matter what I say. Which, believe it or not, is a sin. And I try to tell them, look, you know, go ahead and believe whatever you want. I've given you the facts, the figures. I've shown you the proof. Do whatever you want. God bless you. But if they come back again, well, that's – no, that's a sin. That's a contention. That's a dissension. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be – I don't want to lose my inheritance in heaven, which is what Galatians 5.19 says. Anyone who practices these things will not inherit the kingdom. It doesn't mean you're going to hell. It means that you are not going to – you're going to lose some of your inheritance in heaven. I don't want to lose any of my inheritance. Forget that noise. I probably lost enough of it just because I'm who I am or how, you know the, the constitution that God has blessed me with. <laughs> I say with the greatest of care. But the point is that if my hunch is correct and you're going through some really bad stuff and it's increasing, it feels very much in my heart like a version of the book of Job. The only difference is that Job didn't really go through it to prepare him for worse things. So it was the most incredible 
sad thing for Job to have to go through, and I know it says that he got a consolation prize at the end and he had a new family and whoop de doo and Yahoo, but don't tell me that he didn't still grieve over his prior family. That would be absolutely inhuman. So, um, but but it's a wonderful example for us to be able to learn from so that we can apply it to our lives today. But we have to apply it to our lives today in the context of the worst time the world has ever seen. Greater demonic attacks against the saints. God is allowing it, but probably for the reason of because he loves us and he knows that by Look, if Satan, if Satan was completely freely allowed to attack any one of us right now the way, way that he wanted to attack us, then some something would break into your house in the middle of the night, hold you down on the dining room table, and slowly start chopping your body parts off while you screamed. Because that's how Satan, how much he hates us. He hates us. That's why I'm very bound and determined, no matter what, to go back and keep on slugging him with my Louisville slugger, taking out his demonic entities, making his life as miserable as possible, and, and that's my mission. And if I go down in flames doing it, praise the Lord. But in the midst of all of this, we have to ask ourselves, we're not the people sitting in the church. Do you think that God is going to send Gabriel down right in the middle of the church service and say, Yea, saith the Lord of hosts, you better put bayonets on your spiritual weapons and get out there and take out the demons. Man, you know what? Everybody would just drop over dead. They'd have ambulances. It'd be in the news. CNN would be there telling lies. I mean, they'd be like, oh, it's a new version of COVID. I mean, you, you can just imagine it. it was, it's never going to happen. Just like Trump is never going to be – just like the, 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 uh, the Seven Mountains prophets out there, the, the pillow prophets that David Wilkerson appropriately warned against, okay, are out there telling everybody that, that you know, God is just going to, you know, uh, I don't know, make the Starship Enterprise show up in the atmosphere and beam Trump right back into the Oval Office and arrest everybody. I've been listening to that for 11 years, how the Pope is going to get arrested and the Clintons are going to get arrested and all the pedophile rings are going to get shot down. And, you know, all these evil people and George Soros are going to get arrested because God is going to make it happen. And I'm like, yeah? Well, when will that be? It is now officially 12.8 years later. Excuse me, can somebody please tell me when this is happening? Oh, you talked to Jesus yesterday, did you? So I guess he's a fibber. But Christians will stand behind them until they're blue in the face and come up with 10,000 reasons why they weren't right at that moment, but they will be in the future. And you can show them that there's seven mountains, and they'll be like, oh, well, you know, oh, well, you know. I told my sister, I said, you know, I love you. I love you with all my heart, and I really do. But three strikes and you're out. Now, I didn't go to you know, Deuteronomy on her, uh, which, of course, I think would have been in excess, given that we're in the uh, covenant, the love covenant. But again, I wanted to just share this with you. I know it doesn't make anything any easier, really. I don't think it does. I mean, it does in a sense because there's this old saying, a problem shared is a problem halved. The, the, the duplicitousness or the parallel existence that we all have to go that's paradoxical is that we're just like Jesus. We're in the flesh, but we walk in the spirit. We're in the flesh and we walk in the spirit, and we probably don't do either one very well. Now, all that being said, we – when we 
are compliant with James 5.16, which essentially really means that we're supposed to share with each other the challenges that we're going through and how we feel about it so that we can encourage one another and so we know how to pray, how to pray more effectively for that individual. If the individual just says, pray for me, brother, you don't know what to pray for them. You say, dear Heavenly Father, I pray for Frank. That's an effective prayer, I suppose. No, it's not. It's like sending up a blank petition before God. Uh, Frank's having problems, but it's all redacted, kind of like the warrant for uh, Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> you know? Oh, anyway, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. But I'm feeling in my heart because I've, in, I've, I've kind of thought this over, but I want to share with you this because it circles back. So the first major takeaway of what I've just shared is the only thing I can come up with with for why we continue to get hammered is our Father loves us, and He is preparing us, even though we may not, even though that each test is harder and harder and harder and harder. So right at the point that you think that you have figured out, I mean, I've got books on how to control your emotions, this, that, but I'm an emotional guy. I, that's my makeup. I've been like that since I was a kid. Overcoming my DNA is exceedingly difficult. It takes a lot of prayer and a lot of determination, and I made a lot of progress, but I'm still not there. And I don't know if I ever will be there, because if pterodactyls start flying down from the sky and biting my head off, I'm not going to be too happy about it. Hallelujah! But the point is, and anybody who says they are, look, all these Christians that are walking around going in la-la land with these painted-on smiles, and nothing ever gets them down. They're just walking in the joy of Jesus. Well, I'll tell you what, give them one pterodactyl flying down from the sky and ripping off the arms of their kids in front of their eyes, and let me tell you something, you're going to hear stuff coming out of their mouth that you ain't never heard before. So anyway, we are different than the church. Uh, I mean the earthly church. We're at a different place in our walk. We are doing what Jesus did, which is destroying the works of the devil. And to make it even worse, we're not just doing it one person at a time. We're doing it in groups, in continents. We're using exact biblical, uh, scripturally backed methods to execute on those spiritual warfare prayers that are unimpeachable, especially if you know anything about spiritual warfare, if you, if you studied it for a decade or whatever and read several books, and if you, you know, and if, if that's, if, you know, let me tell you something, highly effective. But the problem is you don't, like I said before, you, you, the prayers that come from faith that you don't see a result of are actually the most powerful prayers in all of the universes. But it runs contrary to the flesh. So our fleshy eyes, we want to believe. But would, don't we believe if we're doing it? So we are doing it out of faith, which makes them very powerful. We might not be seeing any results, but we keep on doing it. Now, I'm going to share this with you on account of that it was just given to me before the prayer vigil. Um, the person I'm trying to, I'm just going to refer to them as CM. That's their initials. Okay. And I'm going to move the mic boom in closer to the screen because the text is kind of small on the um, 4K monitors that I just upgraded to. Thanks to the $5,000 lost of the lightning bolt. I've even had people tell me, what did you do wrong? How did you end? You must have angered God. And I'm like, <laughs> 
Wow, are you you in for a rude awakening pretty pretty quickly here? Uh, but anyway, again, reigns in, reigns on the just and the unjust. And Ecclesiastes seven fourteen says even the bad things come from God. So buckle up. Now, hey John, this person says, I'm just reading this verbatim verbatim for you, word for word. I am not going to comment in between like I usually do. So I'm going to start right now with quote. Subject line, word of encouragement. Hey, John, just wanted to let you know what happened during one of your prayer shows that I never listened to, I never listened to, but the Holy Spirit prompted me by accident to tune in. I do not listen to all your shows or guests, especially not the beginning when you pray. (laughs) I was squatting on the floor in front of my laptop sitting on a stool when I, quote, accidentally, end quote, clicked on a prayer broadcast. I attempted to turn it off but felt compelled to not only listen but to pray with you. As you prayed, the power of God came through the screen, hit me so strong that I fell back three to four feet, landing on my bottom. As I tried to get up, I fell back again. So I just sat there and finished praying with you. The prayer was only a few minutes, but the power was off the chain. I also felt the heat that comes from the fire of the Holy Spirit and the word of God coming out of your mouth. Then I heard the Lord saying, quote, encourage him, let him know what happened, end quote. The power to save, heal, and transform live, uh, transform lives comes through our prayers, whether we feel it or not, amen, I never Get, uh, I never get used to the presence of the Lord, and I was pleasantly surprised. Imagine the effect you and your team are having on the unsaved or the backslider or someone being demonically oppressed. Hang in there. Take care. Take, take care. And then, I'm sorry, it's just the letter M. Just the letter M. This person also use, uses uh, proton mail, so they're trying to stay anonymous. All right. Praise God. So. If they only knew how Proton Mail worked and how inadequate it is at keeping you anonymous, but anyway, that's okay. It's hey, it's worth a try. Whatever, whatever. It might, might you know, who knows? Um, it, it's it's kind of like throwing a sheet over yourself and walking through Square and saying nobody can see me, nobody can see me. <laughs> and in fact, everybody's looking directly at you because you're the only one with a sheet over your head. <laughs> it reminds me of Charlie Brown. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Brown. Um, is it, what is it? The Halloween special? Yeah, uh, where Snoopy jumps out of the water and freaks out. Lucy, and she's like, you know, dog germs running around thinking she's going to die. Too funny. Anyway, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I just wanted to share all this with you because the attacks are increasing. People are going through these things. They are horrible. And um, you may be going through, and I know that some people are because I'm getting the communications, similar attacks. And I feel in my heart that it's because God loves us. And he is keeping up the intensity because he needs us to overcome, to get better at dealing with these problems because what's coming is going to – because without practice – again, I've mentioned this as a metaphor or as an analogy, and I'll mention it again. It's so important. If you are going to become the best boxer – and boy, are we boxing the ears of these demons. If you're going to be able to deal with what's coming, coming in the future, 
Now, let's become the best boxer, shall we? If you, The first thing you're going to have to do is go in and learn some exercise. You're going to have to get in shape. You're going to have to drop 35 pounds, or otherwise you're going to get knocked down on the first punch. You know, the, the point I'm making is finally you get to step into the ring, but who are you stepping in the ring with? A level one person. Until you beat the level one person consistently, they're not going to put you in the level two boxing ring. Eventually, you'll progress maybe into the level two boxing ring, and then you've got to get knocked out a bunch of times until you eventually get past the level two. Then you go to the level three. You've got to go through it again. You get beat up. You get purple hearts. You go through all kinds of ugly, and it's just not good. You're getting sick of it. You're thinking of quitting because, boy, you thought boxing was kind of fun at first, but, you know, you had to, you know, and now you're like, boy, this is just awful. This is awful. I don't like it anymore. But you keep on going because you know why you're doing it. Because every one of those boxers that you are boxing in, level one, level two, level three, level four, level five, are different demons for different reasons. And you're probably going to have to overcome all of those things in the future, and it's going to be a lot worse. Therefore, you, God knows, he needs to get you up there in the final ring, ring number 10, with Rocky Balboa. But he isn't going to do it if he lets you go right back to your happy-go-lucky whistling. If that's where you go back in your walk, you are not going to be ready for what's coming. Simple as that. I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. And when we know why something is happening, it doesn't necessarily make what you're going through any easier, but it does give you an understanding and a goal. And it gives you a prayer plan Remember, Jesus said, physician, heal thyself. The reason he said that is because we don't do the kingdom any good. A sick doctor doesn't heal anybody. So we need to heal ourselves with prayers for ourselves. And anybody who says you don't have to pray for yourself when you're praying for others is nuts. (laughs) Okay? We never stop praying for ourselves, and we should be praying for each other equally as well. But the point, um, the closing point on this concept is there's a reason why we're going through these things. We are seeing in the flesh. We are seeing bad things happening to us, really bad. And we're praying fervently for them to stop. And we're doing all the right things. Father, forgive them for they know. Father, heal them in the name of Jesus. We're being humble, contrite. We're seeking the Lord. We're doing all the right things. One of the things that we might be missing, I don't know, but it seems to be applicable in my life, is that God loves us. He really does, even in the midst of all of our mistakes even in the midst of failing time and time again, having this one little foible in your personality that causes you to trip up and just dork up because the intensity of the attacks against you are increasing. They're not going, there's, you're not getting any breaks. It's just getting worse. You think you're getting a break, and you're going, oh, wow, praise God, I got a breakthrough. Hallelujah. And three days of peace, four days of peace, five days of peace go by, and you're like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You got tears rolling out of your eyes, and then bam, and it's like whatever hits you again, it's like worse, way worse. And you're like, you flip out. You do the normal, natural human thing. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? I don't think the Father forsake Jesus any more than he's forsaking us. And I know that Jesus knows that now. And and of course he did even then, but he, he still had that moment in the flesh. And so do we. You're not the average Churchy, you are not. If you are listening to this radio show right now, I guarantee you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, with all confidence, that you are not part of churchianity. 
In fact, I would even estimate, if I was going to use an analogy, on a scale of one to ten churchianities hovering somewhere around a four and a five, you're somewhere around an eight. We'd all like to be a ten, but I don't see that happening for any of us because a ten would indicate that you don't even need a cold touch to your lips. You know what I'm saying? We're never going to get there. Only by the grace of God, only by our own contrite spirit, only by being the Beatitudes, only by living that humble life, only by taking a beating and keep on ticking like a Timex, but to do it gracefully. Because when we flip out, let's just hope that if we are going to flip out, we're going to flip out in in private. Because, and, and I'm not saying there's any sin necessarily, you know, in some cases they are. If it's a true outburst of anger, it's called out. It's called out explicitly in the Bible. But my point is this. It's a journey. It's a cycle. And there appears to be a clear reason behind it. And it has to have to do with how deep we are in the end times biblical timeline. We, God, our Father, sees the beginning from the end. He does not micromanage us. He does not. He would be bored to tears. If he controlled us all like a beady, beady, beady bunch of you know, hybrid zombies walking around and he controlled every little thought we – I've even had people email me and they'd say things like, well, uh, you know, if our own free will and this, that, and the other thing, you know, when we get to heaven, you know, are we really going to you – know, and it's, it's a complicated thing to understand. But when you get to heaven, you love, when you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your mind and soul and Jesus is your first love and that's all you care about, then when you get to heaven and you hear – your father call, you're like, there's nothing in your heart more than you want to be. Oh, my gosh, our father's calling. I, I can't wait. You're going to be racing other people up to see God. You're going to be racing other people up to see Jesus. It's not a matter of losing your free will. You surely do have your free will. But believe you me, if you qualify for the kingdom of heaven, there's no problem for you desiring to be in the presence of God. So all these things... When you have – I've always – I think it's reasonable, and I, I think many books support this. When you know why something's happening to you, particularly when the end result is positive, but the journey is highly negative. In other words – well, anyway, I'm not going to go into that, but I'm just saying there's my point. When, when you know why – the, the most likely reason why you're going through the things that you're going through and why it appears to be accelerated. I'm getting a lot of communication, oh, accelerated, accelerated, accelerated. I don't really know that it's necessarily accelerated from my viewpoint at all, but I can see how some people would perceive it that way. My point is simply this. I believe we are being conditioned for a time that's going to be far worse, and God needs us because there aren't any others. I mean, there's, don't get me wrong, there's other, there's probably millions of people on the earth, really, when you do the math of 2% of 8 billion, I mean, you know, come on, it's going to be a lot of, the bride is going to be a lot larger than people think. Now, now in any one given region, it might be a 2%, you know, 2% of any given church. But the point is, that's one, one person who had a vision estimated. But anyway, um, he, he saw people leave in the audience, but he said, well, it really only looked like about 2% of the entire congregation. The point, the point of all this is, is that how, can you imagine some of the worst things that you are going through in your life being a blessing? But there's no possible way. It is not humanly possible to perceive it as a blessing, which means through faith, we have to perceive it as a blessing because we know that God loves us. There has to be something about the graduates of churchianity that God is using or plans to use in a greater capacity in the near future 
near future that re- that is requiring him to step up the intensity of our testing and refining which means that we're not getting off the roller coaster doesn't matter how it doesn't matter if the republicans miraculously take charge of the senate it doesn't matter if things appear to be getting turned around we're only one 30-06 bullet or a sniper a sniper bullet away from uh civil war in this country and that'll jettison the whole world into a i mean you think it's bad now oh you can't even imagine can't even imagine i can't and if i can't imagine i watch more apocalypse i have, I have a whole entire bookshelf full of apocalyptic movie DVDs. And I can watch them all day long. But you know, the reality is, I cannot put myself there. I can watch it, but I cannot imagine really going through it. It's kind of like a hurricane. If you've never seen (laughs) one in person, even a small one, like a cat one. If you've never looked out the window of your house wondering how your house is even keeping its roof, the thundering shaking of your home just from the wind whooping up against it for days, the power being out for a week, the debris being so thick that it takes the municipal authorities over six months to come and gather a six-foot-tall, ten-foot-long pile of debris that you have out in the front of your house. Six months it takes them to get to you because of how much debris they're picking up. Trees laying on houses all over. And that was less. That was a category 0.5 for me, Irma. Until you live through that, until you go through that, until you know what it's like to try to get even an hour of sleep in 100-plus degree weather with humidity, with 100-plus, I'm talking about 100%-plus humidity where you're literally dripping sweat off your face. It's just rolling down, burning in your eyes, and you're trying to get a little bit of sleep. The fish in your fish tank are dying because you don't have a battery-powered bubbler which is what happened to me. I have a battery-powered bubbler now, by the way. But anyway, praise Jesus, hallelujah. I wanted to share this with you because I needed to unravel in my own heart, my own, this weird, what's going on? I don't, you know, when I don't get something, that bugs me. And then my obsessive-compulsive disorder goes into the supercomputer analysis mode, and I turn into a Cray T90 with 256 parallel processors, and I start to chug on it. What about this? 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 Well, wait a minute. I prayed like that. It shouldn't be happening. I don't understand. Okay, wait a minute. There was a miracle on Tuesday. Everything was looking good. Now it's looking bad. Now it's looking good. Now it's looking bad. How can this be happening? I don't understand it. And I'm like running around, running around, running around, running around, and then... Tonight, I thought, oh, no, the only answer, the only answer is that God loves us, which, of course, he does, and he's preparing us. He's literally grabbing us by the scruff of the neck from the second boxing ring, and he's tossing us into the fourth one. And the only reason he would do that is because we're running out of time. 
What does that mean? I do not know. I am not making a prediction. I am not saying we are leaving any earlier. In fact, what I'm doing is I'm warning that we are not leaving any earlier, and God is throwing us into the bigger boxing rings faster and faster because he doesn't have time for us to become perfect in ring two. He's got to get us to ring four quick because something is coming. Okay, and, and, and again, we've got to accept the challenge. We've got to accept the challenge. We cannot give up. We've got to keep trying. We've got to keep praising. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep pushing. We've got to keep fighting the demons. It's all part. Look, if you become not useful to the Father, guess what happens? You essentially just go backslidden. You're like, well, wait a minute. If I'm not doing spiritual warfare prayers in the morning, I have a much peaceful week. I have a peaceful week. Everything goes good. Everything goes fine. Well, gee whiz, I guess I should stop doing that. No, that is the wrong answer. That's absolutely the opposite. At that point, you are backslidden. You are not doing the kingdom any good. And just like the rest of churchianity, (laughs) I mean, is that what you want to do? Go backwards? If you do... Drive down the road and pull into the first church parking lot you find. Guaranteed you'll go backwards. So I, I don't know. You know, I don't want to be puffed up about this. I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. But the only thing that I can logically estimate through an analysis is that we're getting closer and closer to things getting really bad faster than I think we think. You know, even skeptic. I had to go skeptical. I had to after I had been after I had. I'm telling you, people have nervous breakdowns. It really troubles me when people start saying things like, I really think, I really think things are speeding up right now, and, 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 uh, and, uh, and, and maybe the bar- barley harvest is a lot closer than we think. See, that troubles me because when people start to think like that, it reminds me of all of uh, many of us when Obama was coming to the end of, of 2015, okay? And the horror, the waking up, seeing that Trump won – realizing that everybody that you witness to is going to think you're a stark raving lunatic. You've lost credibility forever. Your 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 life is crushed. The hell you've been living on earth that, that you thought you were going to eventually be delivered from has all been taken away and you're still here. And here we are. 12.8 years later. Well, not since 2015, but let's just say we take 2016. Let's look at the math. There's four years to 2020, then add two more, you got six years. We are six years into it from 2016. And I, for one, will not trip up my brothers and sisters. I will not trip up my brothers and sisters from re- for repeating the same mistakes that I fell for. I know now. God taught me. Okay, and if I don't learn from what God teaches me, shame on me and woe unto me. Same to you. We're all in this together, and all the rules apply equally amongst all of us. Nobody's got privilege. All right, so all that being said, well, you have privilege if you're really, you know, pure in heart and you're seeking the Lord and you truly trust him. Yeah, you do have promised privilege, but it doesn't guarantee that you're not going to get vaporized in one of the nuclear bombs that gets dropped. Rains on the just and the unjust. But is that a bad thing really for us? No, it's not. We'll be, we'll be with Jesus. You know, I don't understand sometimes why everybody wants to get raptured. I, you know, I'm just, I would be equally as happy with a nuclear bomb being at ground zero, hitting my house, as I would be with the rapture. What's the difference? Somebody please tell me what the difference is. 
Oh, you want to fly. <laughs> what do you think? The person that died in the nuclear explosion is any less part of the bride of Jesus Christ than you are or something? You think you've got to like fly through the sky to be part of the bride of Jesus Christ and the ruling class of Jesus for all of eternity? No. If that were true, then and, and that any saint that has passed on and, as Paul would say, fallen asleep, uh, a nice way of saying leaving the flesh and going to heaven, that would, you know, no. You would just become, no, anyway, it, it, you, no, you would be every much, you would still be part of the wedding supper? You would still marry Jesus? You would still be part of the ruling class? I mean, do you think Paul isn't part of the ruling class? you think Peter, you think the apostles aren't? What are you, all these people, David Wilkerson, what are you thinking? Do you think they're missing out on something because they went home early or earlier than you? What about the millions of Christians that suffered and died and went home and went through much worse than anything that we've ever gone through yet? I'm talking about being tied to stakes and burned on stakes and things that happened to the early church. The problem is we're myopic. We think about ourselves. When we're miserable, all we want to do is get out of Dodge. And you know what? I do too. I believe it. That's how I am. I feel exact. I empathize. It's not that I sympathize with you. I empathize with you. I get it. I really do. I really do. But I really also believe that God is grabbing us by the scruff of the neck he can't do it to the regular church. The millions and 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 millions that are in the regular churches across all of the world. He can't do it there. He's got to go to those who are out fighting the good fight, that are getting the Purple Hearts. That's his Delta Force. That's his SEAL Team 7 group. So you might feel downtrodden. You might feel like, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? You might cry, sob in the corner alone at night, wondering how you could be going through all of this with as hard as you've been trying. That might be you. Then you might be me, just like me. But you think it through, really. You look at where we are in the biblical end times, you see and you know what's happening out there intimately, way more than Glenn Beck. I'm not picking on Glenn. I like Glenn Beck. But I'm just saying, way more than him, way more than Alex Jones. You know, Alex Jones, I don't mean, I'm not, again, I'm not picking on him, but he's out there telling people now he wants Ron DeSantis because uh, uh, he doesn't, because he's upset with Trump because Trump won't back, he won't admit that the vaccines were evil. But you won't. Trump is totally political, and I I think he's part of the evil. I've seen the inside of Mar-a-Lago. It is full of all kinds of uh, Greek statues and all kinds of creepy, weird stuff that nobody that was a Christian would ever consider having in their house. But they eat their young. They kill their young. They kill the Kennedys, even though they're part of the Illuminati. That's how it works. It is a very difficult thing to understand. There is nothing black and white about it. It's not 50 shades of gray. It's hundreds of shades of gray. So anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I believe, at least at this time, I will amend what I believed earlier because that's what you got to do. If you're going to grow in a kingdom and you're not ready to amend what you believed like three days ago, forget it. You're not going to grow. You're just going to sit there in a the corner and sob. Why hast thou forsaken me? Boo-hoo-hoo. You're not going to grab. You're not going to go to the next level. You're not going to get tossed into that bigger, nastier, Rocky Balboa ring that you need to go to to get ready for what's coming. You'll suffer. Not now. 
you'll you'll suffer less now. That's true. Think about it, man. Just like that one guest that we had on the show that used the Navy SEALs as an analogy. She was right. How many people went up and rang the bell and gave up? I've seen many videos on that. I think it's fascinating. But the truth is, looks like to, looks to, as clear as a bell, it looks to me, like God, evidently, for whatever reason, I don't feel qualified. <laughs> I feel so utterly unqualified. I'm like, there's no way. I don't. I, sometimes I just tell God straight up, I like, why in the world would you have picked me? I'm like, I, I make Peter look like the most calm, collected, level-headed guy ever. Okay, you know, so it's it's befuddling to me. But evidently, there is a something about those of us who are HSPs, highly sensitive people, where we're you know we may be able to keep our coal in front of other people and not show our emotions. But boy, when that camera goes off, you know what I mean. But there's something about that. I know as a fact that our emotions are actually an, a form, it is a manifestation of the Spirit of God breathed into us in Genesis 2, 7, into the nostrils of Adam at conception. That's not the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? That is just what happens to everybody that is part of the Adamic bloodline. They have the Spirit of God breathed into them at conception. And that's why we have to go out and preach the gospel to every living creature without regard to who we think they may or may not be. We just preach the gospel because God will use us to touch people that, you know, because we need to help bring them in. That's why they're savable. They're all savable because they have the, they have the seed. They have the spirit of God. They're part of the Adamic bloodline. Praise Jesus. All right. So that's so important to get your arms around. And then when you realize that, you're like, oh, wow. And and so the, yeah the, the the field is full of opportunities to touch people's lives and bring them in especially the unbelievers the ones that you can't get through to are the churches they think they've arrived just like I said you have to be ready to change your mind because you learn something God shows you something new because something else happened and you were like you can't believe it if you didn't go through that whole I can't believe it thing and you didn't have to like dump everything that you believed prior to that in order to accept and learn from the new journey, as ugly as it is, you're never going to make it to the bigger ring. You're never going to be on the SEAL team. I think God is preparing the SEAL Team 7 people that he's going to be using in the days as the days grow darker. I believe that other Christians will join us. I believe that many of the people that are churches today will snap out of it when things get dark enough, and they will see us doing what we're doing, the exploits, uh, greater things than these, okay, walking through the streets, knocking on people's doors, healing the sick, healing, de you know, raising the dead babies from being dead and bringing them back to life, uh, saving the souls of their entire families as they watch with tears pouring out of their eyes. You know, these are the kinds of exploits and incredible things that can be easily part of our lives as the days grow dark, as the electricity goes out, as the control grids go down, as they get ready to institute martial law, as the people are shooting each other in the streets. These are the things that we don't, we don't have to worry about a thing. When those kinds of things are happening in our neighborhoods, not only should we stop, drop, and pray, and be on our knees and be praying, because that's what the bride does. She doesn't get involved in that stuff. The only involvement that we have with any of that stuff is to walk out with the courage of Elijah into those crowds and say, in the name of Jesus, peace, be still. Let's see how many of us have that level of courage. 
I don't know about you, but I want to get promoted in the kingdom, the hierarchy, the ruling class of Jesus Christ throughout all of creation. That's a long time, eternity. You know, they say, be all that you can be. (laughs) Well, it seems to me that we should be all that we can be. And evidently, the journey doesn't get any easier at all. And it's not. Accept it. Buckle up. Learn from it. Look at everything as a challenge. Pray, 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 pray. Oh, boy. Keep praying. Spiritual warfare. Pray for the lost. Pray for other saints. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself, because otherwise the devil's going to take you out. If you don't pray for yourself, you're done for. You're toast. You'll give up. I know people that have given up. They've come back and told me so. So anyway, praise God, I went way more, as I always do, past what I wanted to do, but I just felt that given the week that I've gone through, you know, oh my gosh, I, I barely just got the the golden JIB studios working again. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, folks, and, and the house is still in disarray. I, I've got a whole nother bedroom full of all kinds of stuff that I've got to go through, but it's imp- it's not junk. It's things that I will use. You know, I don't want to throw away like a big, tall, 750 milliliter bottle of anointed anointing oil that was sitting on the shelf that I had to remove so the electricians could fix the wall. You know what I'm saying? I, it, there's, it's stuff, but it's important stuff. It's, it's either a consumable that I'll use or a spray or something, or it's something that I used it for my dogs, whatever. It's irrelevant. But I'll be at the cleanup from that one lightning. Oh, and pe- some people will, well, why don't you unplug things? Well, first off, if you knew, that, knew how much stuff that I have plugged in here, that takes like four days to unplug all the stuff in my house, okay? You think I'm lying? <laughs> I'm not lying. I don't know. Maybe not four days. Maybe an entire 12-hour period of utter dedication, moving as fast as you can and sweating like a pig, and then realizing that once you have it all unplugged, you're never going to get it back together again, <laughs> okay? Because I'm a techie. I'm a geek. And everything's electronic. Everything's Wi-Fi. Now, all that being said, praise God. I hope that that this testimony helps you. If you're not getting hit yet, if you're on the other coaster and you're going down the hill and you got a little bit of respite going on, praise God. But keep looking over your shoulders, folks, because you don't make it through SEAL training by going to, like, Waikiki Beach for a week. You know what I'm saying? And it does seem, I can see how people could say that it appears to be speeding up. Now, most of them say that because they're looking at the news and they're saying, oh, my gosh, look at all those pedophile reports or whatever the case is. Look at, things are speeding up. I can't get away from it. Everywhere I turn, something sickening and twisted is happening. I can't, oh, my gosh, look at that law that they just passed. I can't believe they passed that. What happened to Roe versus Wade? You know, and and then they're going, wow, everything is speeding up. Everything is speeding up. Everything is speeding up. But they're being deceived because, yes, the darkness is speeding up. Amen to that. But time is not speeding up. And what's worse is, unfortunately, people who get stuck in that rut and their eyes are looking to the left and seeing the evil. Eyes look to the right, see the evil. Left, left, right, left, right, left, right. Evil, 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 evil. evil. Guess what? Satan has won. You have. He has successfully used his demonic presence on the earth to distract you from growing in your faith with Jesus. That's what I'd do if I was him. I'd give you so so much ugly to look at that you can't take your eyes off of it. 
Because until you take your eyes off of it, you're not going to grow a lick. You're just going to stay right there, staring at all the YouTubes and going, oh, my gosh, did you see that? I know. I went through it 10 years ago for years. But that was part of my journey and part of my calling. Right now, we've run out of time. Anybody who is dwelling in those places and just wants to hang out in those minefields, listening to all the boohooing Christians getting everything wrong, which they are pretty much. They might get a little percentage, but what they're going to do is they're going to end up giving you false hope. And it's going to discourage you, and you're going to have a nervous breakdown, especially if you're going through really, really bad times. Because that hope of getting out of those bad times is the equivalent of knowing that your leg was blown off and having a dream that Jesus showed up in your room and put your leg back on. And then you wake up the next morning and realize your leg isn't there. You don't think you're going to have a nervous breakdown? I think you will. And that's basically what a great analogy to explain what a lot of us are going through. It's very dangerous to presume that we are getting closer to the barley harvest. We have got to get through the third seal, and it is going to be hell. And you know what? That matches up. Type, typology of the Bible, types and shadows. How many of the Israelites got to go into the land of milk and honey, which is a, an analogy for heaven, a metaphor for heaven? How many of the Israelites got to go in to the land of milk and honey without going through the desert? That'd be a big fat zero, wouldn't it? Pretty much think that's how it's going to be for us too. So nurse your wounds, put triple antibiotic on your uh, bleeding um, bruises, And let not your heart be troubled, because God loves you, and it's a special, unique, very unique training program that we're in right now. If it's enough to befuddle me (laughs) with as as OCD as I am at trying to figure out what's going on and make me go like, what is going on here? If if that's what's happening to me... (laughs) Okay, then I know it's happening to other people, and I. But I do, I do know because people talk to me and they let me know things and they email me from all over the world, and it is a blessing, and I praise God for it. And many of them do think I'm a raving lunatic. They think the way that I pray is, you know, unorthodox. Uh, you know, uh, which, by the way, if you know what the term orthodox means, in fact, it is quite unorthodox. <laughs> praise God for that. But anyway, um, uh, just like the testimony of this individual that I just read. And I can tell you this, although I've lost track of her and I don't know what happened to her, there was this lady, this goes back about, I don't know, eight years, nine nine years maybe, and her and I, she would would send me letters literally every day. She lived in South Africa. And uh, she told me about her family, her children, you know, she said there was a lot of Satanism in South Africa, Johannesburg. Uh, so much so that literally if you lived in an apartment, you could pretty much believe with all of your heart that the person on the left of you and the right of you was an acting Satanist. In other words, they were conjuring up spirits worse than Santeria, very, very dark, evil stuff. It's really pervasive in Africa, really pervasive in Africa. She lived in such an apartment, and she said that she would turn up the volume on her computer 
when we were doing the prayer vigil. And the saintness that lived, I don't know, either above her or to the side of her or whatever, I think it was above her. She sent me an email and she said he was scre- he, he he was screaming while the, while I had the prayer vigil turned up he was screaming at the top of his lungs I am on fire ah, I am on fire the saintness that lived upstairs from her her name was Naomi Lord just brought that back to my recollection I haven't talked to her in a long time hope she's okay. Well, if she's dead, then she's really okay. I'm sorry. If she's asleep, <laughs> then she's really super okay. And she's up in the cloud of witnesses going, right on! Hallelujah! Praise God. Anyway, on that note, we thank you, Jesus. I wanted to share that with you because I'm seeing the intensity grow. And the intensity, I'm not talking about the, in- yes, the intensity of everything, all the apocalyptic things that are happening around the world, that intensity is growing. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. There's more of everything. But that means nothing, because when the Bible says, do not harm the oil or the wine at the end of the third seal, then we have a pretty darn good mystery of the Bible marker to help us to understand what we have to go through before we're eligible to leave. I know that the Bible says no one knows the the day or the hour, and I absolutely agree with that, that it is going to be the Father's call, and anybody anybody who disagrees with that, and I can name a lot of names— I'm just here to tell you, they're wrong. They're wrong. It is just that simple. They are wrong. They are wrong. I used to believe it. And I'm telling you, folks, they are wrong. If you want to go out and play in the YouTube minefield, you'll find a whole bunch of them. In fact, if you go out and play in the YouTube minefield, you'll become part of the Seven Mountains. You'll go back into the law. You might not even make it into heaven at all. I'm telling you, it's a minefield. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise your name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right. Didn't I didn't even see that coming. I, like I said, I was exhausted. I, anyway, so praise Jesus. Let's go ahead. And I'm kind of doing things that I normally do in advance. All right, there we go. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, hallelujah. And let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer and then roll into we have an hour so it's an hour long prayer vigil with a <laughs> with a two hour testimony oh hallelujah well you know what i i try the only reason i do this folks is to teach people to show them how to pray to explain why to explain that also it's not going to make life any easier, but that the rewards in heaven will be far greater. It's, it, I, you know, I don't know. What do you want to call me? Call me a, a nutbag or call me, a, you know, walking payday bar. You can call me uh, a SEAL Team uh, 7 uh, godly instructor, perhaps, of some type. Whatever you want to call me is fine. It, 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 to, to me, it, I'm, I'm okay with it. If you want the, like I said, if you want the earth to be flat, triangular, elephant shape, fine. All I want to do is help, 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 help. And if that requires me to share a testimony, especially if it adds a twist to prior testimonies where I thought I had figured something out, which I did, but I didn't figure it all out. I only figured out a small part of it. And I have a duty before the kingdom. When God does something in my life, whether it's showing me a scripture that people need to know about, I, I shared with 
the, the listeners of the prayer vigil, vigil how the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, the two separate raptures, are called out in Matthew 22 because God, this, the king, sends out other servants. Well, that's a different group. So that's your that's your barley harvest and your wheat harvest. The first group of servants in Matthew 22 is the barley harvest. The second group of servants in Matthew 22 is the other servants that the king sends out, who is our father, and that is the wheat harvest. That's the wheat. Okay. All right. So, so there you have it there, and you also have it in Revelation 12. In Revelation 12, you have two women that are taken away to a place of safety where they are fed for times, times, half a time, 1260 days. That's the, that's the period of the Great Tribulation. They are taken away from the presence of the serpent, which is on the earth. The serpent has been cast down on the earth. He is on the earth with his, dev, his demons on force. Okay. But the barley harvest, the first woman, has already been whisked, whisked away from planet Earth. Earth to a place of safety where she is being fed at the marriage supper of the Lamb for times, times, and half a time, the period of the Great Tribulation. Hallelujah. All right, but then you go to like the next verse, and you're like, and then Satan attacks another woman. Okay, and then after that happens, he, um, uh, you know, uh, the, the other woman g- gets taken away to a place of safety where she is fed for times, times, and half a time. That's two different women, and it's two different sets of servants in Matthew 22. That's the barley harvest and the wheat harvest. The confirmations are all over the Bible. It's absolutely unbelievable, and God keeps showing me more and more of it. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Let's go ahead and let me see if the Lord will show this to me. I um, Sometimes I uh, struggle finding some of the things that I know. There's that one. Ah, here it is. Let's start the prayer vigil with this music right here, which is the intro music we used to use um, like maybe about a year ago or something like that. Praise God. And here we go. Sit a while with me and hold me in your arms. I love you, Jesus. The last days are with us. Give me strength to stand. Faith to release the fear as you embrace my heart again and lift me above the storm. I love you, Jesus. Lord, I lift your name up high. I praise your holy by your power in this final hour you're my heart's desire and you will carry me through by your mighty power you're soon to sit and reign I welcome you Jesus 
Make my path look very plain As I lift my heart to you I praise you, Jesus Your mighty hand is moving I worship our great King As you take your awesome power And defeat your enemies As we take our place with you I praise you, Jesus Lord, I lift your name up high I praise your holy name All by your power In this final hour You're my heart's desire And you will carry me through Till we join you in the sky As you split the sky open Upon your white horses, battle and conquer all our foes. Holy, 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 to my coming King, I praise you forever. With my voice, I will sing. Glory to the Lamb who lives forever. Keep me close to you, Jesus, till you come and take us Father, we praise your name and we thank you so much for the beatings, (laughs) the challenges, the trials, the tribulations, the things that have been mentioned over and over again throughout particularly the new covenant, the covenant of love of our Lord Jesus Christ. The trials and tribulations that we will and shall go through in order to make it into the kingdom of heaven. But Father, we want more than anything as a result of these trials and tribulations, we pray that they are not for naught, that they do not, that, that we don't have to go through them without benefit to you and glorification of you, glorification to Jesus. And we also hope, of course, naturally, we don't presume anything, but we humbly do hope that it's not in vain. And we praise you, Father, for helping us to understand the dynamics that we do understand. And and we praise you, Father, for having the mercy to forgive us for the things that we do not understand properly. Thank you for continuing to teach us. Thank you for continuing to have mercy and working with us, even though that we struggle struggle so as we're going through this. 
Thank you, Father, for grabbing us by the scruff of the neck and throwing us a couple of rings over so that we can take another round and um, hopefully grow in it. Thank you and praise you, Father, for seeing the things that are about to come upon the earth and realize that many of us will, well, just like the Tommy Hicks vision, I believe it is the Tommy Hicks vision. Father, the 1963 Tommy Hicks vision where Jesus was walking along a group of Christians in a row lifting his hand out to each one of them, one by one, and some would take his hand and step forward, and others would fade back and walk away. They would fade back into the darkness away from Jesus. The metaphor, Father, appears to me to be to indicate that there are those who will be challenged and called to where Jesus will say, come, come hither, come with me, and let us work together to fight the darkness, even though the darkness is so utterly powerful. Father, we just praise you for that. Father, I praise you for the David Hogan testimony, Faith to Raise the Dead. And I pray, and Father, I pray that you will lead me in the name of Jesus to either be able to find the DVD that I can buy it or just re-listen to it on the Internet. But I praise you, Father, for, the, for, the, uh, for, the, for what you put him through at the very end of his testimony, where he and two other believers were sent deep into the jungles of South Mexico and told by you, I guess, that what they would be encountering was most horrible, but they were told to go anyway. And when they went in, this is, and Father, it just so powerful, but when they went into the hut where this extremely powerful witch doctor lived, now, and I'm talking about... Father, you you had David raise from the dead one of their leaders in front of their eyes in the name of Jesus. So similar to the priest of Baal story, where David Hogan was scared to death. I mean, really very nervous and couldn't, you know, and all these powerfully demon-possessed witch doctor entities were standing standing around in a circle, chanting and such, when David came in to this dead, I guess some kind of high priest of theirs, and was told by you, Father, to literally lay on top of his body and wrap his arms around his dead body and command him to be thou made whole and and come alive. And then immediately after this entity came alive, you you spoke to David and his helpers and told them to run as fast as they could. And they turned around and ran out the door of the hut, ran down into the jungle as fast as they could, and the entire hut blew up like Sodom, like some kind of nuclear strike had come down from the heavens and just vaporized the entire thing and and they and they literally ran for their lives the the power of the evil that exists on this earth is so far out of our purview because we're not in the dark zones we're not out in the very in the places like you had sent david but yet we can believe that similar dynamics are in front of us as the darkness continues to rise in our midst. 
And we have no idea how much of that we're going to have to endure, how much time on earth we're going to have to spend, possibly with no dwelling place, possibly with no electricity, possibly having seen many people die, just like it says in Psalm 91. But the angels will protect us lest, lest we dash our foot against the stone. Having seen thousands of people die around us, is that for us too? And if it is, no wonder. And we praise you, Father, and we thank you for the opportunity to be able to serve you on this level, even though we completely do not understand our qualifications or why we would have been chosen, Psalm 139, 16, Ephesians 2.20, in our walk, in the things that were written in our book before time. But we certainly don't want to step backward. We certainly don't want to shy away. And we recognize that in the book of Revelation, it even says that liars and, and cowards will, well, be cast into the lake of fire. I, I admittedly, Father, do not understand all of those dynamics. But we praise you, Father, even for the things that we do not understand, and we ask you for your continuous wisdom. We pray, Father God, James 1, verse 5, on behalf of us all. If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives it all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given them. We don't even need to read the second verse because we believe the first verse. We know that you will give us the wisdom because you are giving it to us. We are living it, living proof. We are living testimonies of your work in our lives, even though that we're not perfect. We know it. But I think a lot of us, if not all of us, are getting better, a little better at a time. Thank you, Father God, for not accelerating the things that we wanted to have accelerated years ago because of the lack of our understanding of the impact on, on us, should we have gone through them then. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to understand that we are commanded through the uh, commandments of the apostles in the New Testament to endure hardship with grace as Jesus did. And how ill-prepared so many of us are to go through the things that we may have to go through with grace. Because our testimony is lost. If we show fear, if we show anything but the courage of Jesus during the dark times, our testimony is gone. It means nothing. It will save no one's souls. If we're biting our nails and hiding in the corner, we don't have faith. Father, we thank you for showing us these things. We thank you for continuing to um, amend our walk and amend our understanding. We praise you for the humility that you have given us to help us to understand that if anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know, 1 Corinthians 8, 2. And we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that we will always live with that humility and a desire to learn more, helping us to understand why. Believing in our hearts that, no, we really don't deserve what we're going through. But we are anyway. And then maybe having at least a reasonable, sanctified clue why. And praising you for it and thanking you for it. Understanding that by virtue of knowing why, that you love us. And you want us to have the greatest rewards and inheritance in heaven that we can possibly achieve. Being chosen for a time such as this. The opportunity that you have laid before us and will continue to lay before us. 
as we are thrown into more and more complex life dynamics. And we thank you, Father, for helping us to understand these things, because without that understanding, the chances of being able to make it through it with the grace of Jesus Christ is pretty much nil. And eventually we would reach a point where we were just one more of the people that walked away from Jesus. Not, not. I don't believe that that means walking away from Jesus literally and not believing in Jesus. It just means you're not accepting the challenge. You're not accepting the call, the call to move to the next level, the call to be qualified as a fellow medicoy, a fellow sufferer of Christ, the call to raise you up higher in the kingdom and to do the things that Jesus needs us to do. We praise you, Father, for helping us to deal with these things because by virtue of us understanding why, while it doesn't solve some of the challenges that we have in dealing with the problems, it certainly sheds a new light on why. And in that, we truly can take joy. In a sense, Lord, while this may be on target or slightly off target, I do not know which. In a sense, Father, it's almost as if you have sent the Holy Spirit to tell each of us, do not let your hearts be troubled. Understand that your calling requires this training. Let go of the things of the earth. Be glad you have a roof over your head. You have food. Be especially glad you have a place to sleep and shelter. And know that there comes a day when no man can work. Whether we're here for that or not, Father, we give you praise. Whether we sleep first and then attend the marriage supper or whether we fly through the sky. So many believe they're going to be flying through the sky, but they don't realize they first have to pass the test. And the test is in progress now. And from that we have joy because we have been chosen. Many are called. Few are chosen. Well, if you're chosen to join that SEAL Team 7, you've got extra training you've got to go through. Now swimming five miles from shore in cold waters and five-foot seas isn't enough. Now you've got to do 10 miles. And you've got to do it gracefully. No crying, no complaining, of getting upset like I do. Thank you for training us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for helping us to understand why we were probably going through these things like we are and why, they're ha why we're going through them in rapid-fire succession. Thank you for training us. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for having the faith in us that we would even be qualified to be in the program in the first place. Because I'm not ringing a bell. I'm not going to ever ring that bell. And I pray in Jesus' name that no one 
that is praying along with this prayer will ring that bell. We will only progress further and we will only endure with grace. Thank you for the preparation. We praise your holy name forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, tonight is August the 19th of 2022, the 22nd of Av, 5782. And the next holiday is Rosh Kodesh Elul, which is August the 27th of 2022. Tonight it is 9.20, oh no, no, 9.19 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. Hallelujah. And tonight we light the Sabbath candles. You don't have to do it on Monday. You don't have to do it on Wednesday. You don't have to do it on Friday. You don't have to do it on any day. You don't have to do it at all if you don't want to. For that which you do, you do unto the Lord. And that which you do not do, you do not undo unto the Lord. Read Romans 14. Hallelujah. But we choose to do it, Father. We light the candles. Three, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the oft-forgotten God, the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We praise your name. I had to rush over and grab some votive candles. Mine were all burned up. You wouldn't believe, when songs are playing, you wouldn't believe how I'm scampering about. <laughs> anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just give you praise. We love you. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Please pray for us, Jesus, even more. Please extend your hand of mercy and, and compassion to us even more. We pray that we are really, truly your friend, that we are called, and that you are going to help us through these things, these transitions, these learning experiences, these the, the, the requirement to be able to control uh, ourselves, control our emotions, even if it, or, or control our behaviors, and even if it requires us to change our um, environment. It's very important to recognize that when you have a habitual bad behavior in your life, that it helps fantastically to change your environment, your routine, because there are triggers all around you in certain rooms in your house and things. It doesn't mean that there's demons in your house. It's not that's all what I'm saying. But there's triggers, things, experiences and things, whatever. So you change it up a little bit. Instead of, you know, Saturday morning between blah, 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 sitting in this particular chair or whatever and whatever, and one thing leads to another and then you develop some kind of a thing, to, you know, and, no, no, change it up. Sit in a different room. You ride bike. Do something different. Change it up. It really, really helps. When you break that you break that routine, you pray, you pray, you pray, and you seek the help of the Lord and you and boy oh boy, can it really, really help to change the dynamics, the pit maybe that you have slipped into, and to be able to break free and make great progress moving forward in your challenges. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Change it up. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if you have holy oil, you can anoint yourself. Praise God. Kind of jumping ahead a little bit. Thank you, Father. The Hebrew Kadesh. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Borei peri hagafen Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodshobeya v'avratzon 
הנחילנו זיכרון למעשה וראשית. כי הוא יום תחילה למקרא קודש, זכר ליציאת מצרים. כיוונו בחרת ואותנו קידשת מכל המין ושבת קודשך באהבה וברצון הנחלתנו ברוך אתה אדוני מקדש השבת. Praise God. Luke 10:19 again. Behold, Jesus said to the 70 before the cross, the 70 sinners and the multitudes around him. When they came back going, oh my goodness, even in the name of Jesus, we were able to cast out demons. And Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall be by any means hurt you. Right there, that one scripture alone blows dispensationalism out of the water. Run from your church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. These signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up servants and they will drink anything deadly. Oh, but I know, by no means hurt them. And, and the word drink actually means to ingest. And it includes things that some of us are, you know, I am. I don't want to take any of that weirdness. I'm just saying, if you get forced, you should have no fear. Uh, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Holy, holy Father, Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our heart, our soul, our spirit, our flesh, our mind, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Hallelujah. Let's clear the air. Principalities, powers, strongholds, spiritualists of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places, we come against you in the name of Jesus. We sever your heads with the sword of the Spirit in Jesus' mighty name. We disarm you in accordance with Colossians 2.15, making a public spectacle of you thereof. And we cancel all of your assignments against us. We bind and cast you into the pit, into the, the abyss in Jesus' name, into chains of darkness and to judgment. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits that would attempt to come against us for any reason whatsoever, live or dead human spirits, members of witch covens, anything that cannot call Jesus its Lord and Savior, at the moment that you set your wills against us, we declare the holy fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn you in a screaming agony. In Jesus' name, we decree warrior angels to descend upon you, to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We declare the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We decree the holy fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn you into screaming agony and perpetuity. In Jesus' name, and we plead the blood of Jesus in in Jesus' name, hallelujah, to, to seal that pit 
but only the Lamb of God can break the seals. We exercise the rule of the victor over any demonic region that would set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, against any demonic region that would permit these spirits in or through their territory for the purpose of coming against us or our loved ones. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate destruction of all of their funds and the, and, and, and the disbursement of them into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery in Jesus' name. We require the immediate reversal of all their schemes, the cancellation of all their contracts, the complete uh, eradication and vapor of, uh, uh, and, and the vaporizing of the earthly or spiritual weapons or fiery darts that are launched against them with the holy fire of God. Penalties applied into the pit in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. And because of the clock... It's like three-hour shows aren't enough, right? Amen? Hallelujah. We, Father, in the name of Jesus, we consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership and the ownership of Jesus into, the, into, in, into your ownership. We lay ourselves down into your hands. Do with us what you will. We abandon ourselves to you totally. We accept all, and we pray that you will give us the strength to continue to grow in our sanctification and walk. And that we will please you, Father, and take joy from pleasing you, and take joy from, for being selected for the SEAL Team mission, whatever that is, if we understand it correctly. I think we maybe do. Father, we cancel all demonic assignments placed against us in the name of Jesus. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us in Jesus' name. We declare the holy fire, a hedge of thorny hedge of protection around about us on all sides, on all sides, in the mighty name of Jesus, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God. We rebuke any entity of the darkness that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior. Fire of God in the name of Jesus. We call it down in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We rebuke you, you demons of darkness. Get out. We rebuke you, Satan, and we command, get away. Hallelujah. Let's enter into communion. Praise God. As your disciples were seated about you, Eve of unleavened bread. You said I eagerly yearn for this supper, and that you suffer so his children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be told. They did not understand the reach of his plan. In his love, we were told. To rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, to speak to the heavenly force You lifted the cup of forgiveness 
It was paid, it was done, you had power to call, and I can only imagine the thunderous sound as though heaven exploded in tears. We were freed from our chains, now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win, so we gather remembering the truth of our soul. By the time we remember, all scars will be healed. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the Lord and his bride. When our waiting has ceased. you, 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 
are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but are now the people of God. who once had not obtained mercy, but now have. Praise Jesus. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering, which is incredible patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as Jesus forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you are also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, Brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate upon these things. Colossians 3, verse 2. Keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world. Matthew twenty six thirty nine. He, Jesus, went a little further and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Can you imagine? 1 Timothy three sixteen. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the Spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed upon in the world, and... Received up in the glory. Praise you, Jesus. We pray for purification. Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Here we go. Father, we pray that you have mercy upon us. According to your loving kindness. According to the multitude, the endless tender mercies that you have, we pray that you will blot out all of our transgressions, wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we acknowledge our transgressions, our sin is always before us. Against you, you only, we have sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. O Father, behold, we were brought forth in iniquity. In sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden parts you will make us to know your wisdom. James 1, 5. If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Believe. Purge us with your hyssop, Father, and we will be clean. Wash us 
and make us whiter than the snow. Help us to hear joy and gladness in our hearts that the trials and the tribulations and the difficulties that we're going through are going to result in greater glory and rewards and inheritance in all of eternity. Create in us a clean heart, Father. Renew in us a steadfast spirit. Do not cast us away from your presence and let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Restore, Lord God, the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your generous spirit that we may preach the good news of Jesus to others who need to hear it in the dark days ahead. Deliver us from the guilt of our sins of the past, Father, that our tongues shall sing aloud of your righteousness and give you praise in Jesus' name. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Badodi, Badodi Lee, I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine. I know you were killed for all 
the sake of eternity, you died for me.
Praise God. In the interest of time, for anyone who may need to be reminded or is new to hearing such things, (laughs) um, we are going to pray together for an entire continent. And in this case, it'll be Europe, okay? So the Lord placed upon my heart. And Europe is in danger, great danger. I'm not saying that there aren't good Christians in Europe because that's not true. But its upbringing in Christ was Roman Catholic, and the offshoots of the churches over there are, they're a mess. They're a mess. Real, real, real bad mess. I'm not saying that there aren't some Pentecostal in the Assembly of God and stuff like that. There are. There's some Seventh-day Adventists. They're not half bad, except they get a little, well, they get a lot wrapped up on the <laughs> Seventh Day. But of course, the Scripture kind of proves that all wrong. But they didn't. I guess they don't see it. But anyway, it's that's fine. I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying that the people in Europe are in. They're in danger. Now, I'm not saying other countries aren't, or continents aren't in danger as well. But, I mean, like, for example, the fin, the people in Finland just nominated a prime minister who's like, she appears to be all of about 22 years old, and she's like all over YouTube, like, dancing around, and it's just absolutely, Europe is in deep trouble, folks. Very, very deep trouble. Now, we're in deep trouble, too, because we're going to get nuked, but, hey, at least we'll be out of here, praise God. One way or the other, like I said, just don't let me get the... Uh, you know, the uh, fallout. <laughs> I want to. I want to go in the flash of light. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, again, what I'm going to do is share really quick and rapidly why we pray that. Why we ought to pray this way. And it took me years and years and years for the Lord to reveal these things to me. But it was all backed by Scripture, and it was all backed by bunches, just an untold number of supernatural things. Um. So, how can we make the greatest damage to the kingdom of Satan? How can we really mess them up? How can we really mess up the principalities, the powers, the spiritual host of wickedness, the rules of darkness, the second order demons, the ones that hang out in the spiritual realm, in that stinky, horrible place that the angels don't like to go through, where the prince of Persia tried to stop the angel that was going to, uh, uh, to Daniel. They hate going through there, by the way. That's why we want to part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's power, and heaven's glory, and and to to move freely, unhindered. Okay, we have that power. Um, Ezekiel twenty two thirty says, so I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land, the continent, the, the you know whatever that I should not destroy, but I found no one. So there's your principle, your scriptural principle for praying for more than just. You know, a group of people, a handful of people, a city, uh, you know, whatever. The land. All right. Don't even get me going on how many places at Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 6, where Nehemiah confesses the sins of the people of Israel. How big was Israel? How many people were there? Millions? Where Daniel and the same, Daniel not only confesses of his sins in Daniel 9.25, but he also confesses of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Israel. What gives them the right? Ah, shall we learn? Without going through all of the scriptures, because we don't have enough time, I want to explain the concepts here again. But I'm not going to, you know, I used to, and I'm not saying I'm not going to do it again, because I surely am. 
I will once again go through all of the scriptures. You know, when Jesus saw the people come running together, he he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Death and done spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. So we're talking to the demons. When you talk to the demons, Jesus also used the metaphor of you talk to the mountain. I command you, be thou made whole. Because the power of Jesus flows through you, especially when you can lay hands on them directly. This is a very real power. I suspect with the right technological equipment, you would be able to see the light and the aura of the power of Christ moving through a person when they were laying hands on them. But of course, well, whatever. But anyway, um, and then of course we have to bind the strong man first. You bind the strong man, then you plunder his house. That's that's twelve Matthew twelve twenty eight to thirty. I'm just showing you the scriptures. If you are going to pray for a third party that is bound by demons, you have to unbind them first. If they're wrapped up in demons and the demons are hindering their ability to hear, then why bother praying for them? You're not going to be successful. The demons are going to block it. When you're praying for a third party, whether it's a, millions of people in, across an entire continent or an entire city or a group of people in a Masonic Lodge or whatever the case is that you're doing, you have got to go through certain steps in order to accomplish anything. Otherwise, you're wasting your time. You can say, dear Heavenly Father, please save all the souls in this. And you know what? There might be a little bit, but I'm telling you there is a much better way, much more greater biblically-backed tactics to do these things. The first thing that you want to do is you want to confess of their sins on their behalf. So, And ask the Father to forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's exactly what Jesus did to all the Jews that were telling him, hang him, hang him. Okay? That's the key. Um, We contend with God. We are Jesus on the earth. We call down the power from the heavens. That is who we are. That is God's perfect design of the universes. It is covered in Isaiah 43, verse 25. I'm running out of time. So I'm I'm going to pray for the people, many of us have already prayed this way before many times, and we understand this stuff, and that's great. For anybody who does not understand it very well, I'm going to pray it a little bit more slowly. We only have five minutes, but I'm going to pray, that's enough time, to pray properly for the peoples of a large land area. I like to break the world up into continents and pray for the continents in groups of two each day. All right, and that's just how I do it because of... I've only got so much time before I got to go to work, and I, you know, and I've got a lot of people to pray for. But anyway, so what what we do? Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so now the Lord, something supernatural happened to me. Some of you heard the testimony, some of you haven't. But the Lord gave me a golden bowl, and He said that this is a golden bowl. It, it was all spiritually thing. It, it touched a golden bowl of forgiveness, and He's told me to all, and it's real. I'm holding it in my hand right now, and it's covered in grapevines. I didn't even notice that when I bought it. When I got it, I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but the Lord told me I always put fresh water in it, and then I use the Exodus Holy Oil blend that you can get from lojoil.com. She will do the Exodus blend, and then you can anoint the Holy Oil with this with the most powerful blend of oil that you can get in the universe. So, 
This is for your edification. I praise God because I hope that you take these tactics back to your prayer closets and you use them because let me tell you something. I know as a fact that they're very effective. I had a very, 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 very supernatural series of events happen to me in about a 30-minute period. I cried so hard that I had a puddle of tears that was about six inches across on my desk because of how the Lord proved to me that the prayers were extremely effective. Now, what, what I do is I start out by saying, I raise up the golden bowl of forgiveness before the Father as a royal priest before him. And I say, because what do priests do? Priests, priests sacrifice things for the forgiveness of sins. That's kind of a big part of what they do. So I hold up the golden bowl and I say to the Father, and you know what? You can make your own golden bowl. You can do whatever you want to do. You can just... Whatever, whatever. You don't even have to have a golden bowl. It's, it's irrelevant. It's symbolic. And I hold it up before the Father, and I say, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I lift up all of the peoples of the lands of Europe. In Jesus' name I pray, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. By the way, the most powerful prayer in the world for anybody who's an unbeliever. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then I ask him, Father, please pour out this golden bowl of forgiveness upon all of them. Pour it out upon them all in Jesus' name. Then I confess of the sins, just like Nehemiah 1.6, Daniel 9.25. I confess of their sins. I'm a royal priest. Father, I confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of Europe. Remember that they're not protected under the blood. You're going after the unbelievers, so you have to pray a different way. You say, Father... Because now they've now they got generational and bloodline curses and all that stuff that has to be broke because they're not believers. Okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I hold up every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of Europe. I hold them up before you, and I confess of their sins before thee. I confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. I break all yokes of bondage. This comes from demons. I renounce all things spoken of in the darkness. That's from demons accusing them. I break, I renounce all things spoken of in the darkness, and I break all generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees. I cover them all before there was time. Now they're broken by a royal priest. It's real. Because you're looking for a breakthrough. All right. Then, after they're forgiven for a time, now you have to take out the principalities and the powers. So you've got to go after the second order demons first. Remember the strong men first. Second order demons first. Then you go after the demons that are inside of them or surrounding them, whichever. All right. You've got, you got to take out the enemy. All right. So you start with the second order demons. Principalities, strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness and rulers of darkness in high places. I come against you. I decree fire swords of cherubim to be shot down, down from the heavens and, the, and to cut you into pieces. I declare the fire of God to shoot down from the glory pillar and to burn you in the screaming agony, making a public spectacle of you thereof, in accordance with Colossians 2.15. And I, Father God, in the name of Jesus, plead with the courts of heaven and decree an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon them and to wage war against them such as never been seen since before there was time. Second order demons are out. Now you go for the first, the ones that are down on the earth. You see, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, I come against you in Jesus' name. I command you, come forth, come out of them now in the name of Jesus. Strong men, out now. I've loosed your legal rights to them. 
guilty because you confessed to their sins. You broke their, you broke all of that stuff. You got rid of it. You've loosed your legal right for them to stay there. You tell them it, and you tell them to get out. And then you declare warrior angels to descend upon them, to strike them deaf, blind, and dumb, place them under arrest, cast them into the pit. You declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. You declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony. And then you plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can, God can break the seals. I'm down to 10 seconds. I'm going to lose audio over the stream. I hate that. All right, but it'll go into overtime, and the people that listen to the uh, the uh, podcast will be able to get it. I'm sorry for you listening to the um, – I apologize for those of you listening to the live stream. All right, then the next thing you do is once you get the demons out um, – and we've probably dropped the live stream at this point. Once you get the demons out, you have to um, – Protect them, because the demons will re-enter the clean-swept house. Okay, that's also in uh, um, Matthew twelve forty-three to forty-five. The demons will go back in, so you got to protect them. So you say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the holy fire of God, a thorny hedge of protection, a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot deep into the night. You want it to be deep into the night. You want to sustain the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit. You need them to be protected for an extended period of time, because the angels will be coming upon them in dreams and visions of the night. So so if they're in like China and it's like at 12 noon, you want to sustain the period of time of that protection into the night. You need a breakthrough. All right. So you so you do that. You call that down and you say in the name of Jesus. OK, uh, I declare a holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit around them. Father, in the name of Jesus, sustain the whirlwind of the Holy Spirit deep into the night. Now, I part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea for safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to move freely through the spiritual realm, unhindered. So you're opening it up, making it easy for them to go through it without a fight. All right, now, now you've got them protected. Okay, now you need to fertilize the soil. Okay, this goes back to the parable of the soil, okay, where, you know, certain... Um, Certain people who hear the word of God and they will be on rocks or they will be on sand or they or they'll be on soil or whatever. You know, the, what, what we want to do is we want to fertilize the soil of their hearts so that they can receive. So what we do is we we take that parable, we make it a reality, which it is. And then we say, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare your abundant grace, the living water and the crystal river. The living water is Jesus. The Crystal River is an actual river on Mount Zion that flows over the side of Mount Zion into the suburbs where we're going to many of us will have country mansions. And the Crystal River, which, by the way, purifies people. You have to dunk yourself in the Crystal River to get rid of past remembrance, remembrances of, your, of stuff on the earth. It's a watching process, but you have, we all have to go through it. And then... Um, but it's fun, uh, and then uh, but but you want to say in the name of Jesus, I declare your your abundant grace, the crystal river, the living water, deep into their hearts to fertilize the soil therein, that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit, and the fruit will remain. Which, by the way, comes from John fifteen, verse sixteen. In Jesus' name, now their heart, they're protected. They got holy fire. They've been forgiven. They've got holy fire around them. They may not realize any of this is happening. It doesn't matter. And then and then you say, 
Dear Heavenly, now, now you're finishing the, the job, and you say, in the name of Jesus, Father God, send an innumerable company of angels of light, love, and the compassion of the Lord Jesus into their dreams and visions of the night, when deep sleep falls upon men to save their souls from the pit and to seal their instruction, which is a quote from Job 33, verses 14 and 15. And God will send angels into their dreams. They will be protected. The demons will not hinder them. And many millions, I believe with all of my heart, across the world will be saved as a result. And we've been given the proof, the testimony, the articles abundantly. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And it's 100% scriptural. And as far as I know, it's utterly bulletproof uh, from a procedural standpoint. Doing the right thing in the right order, the right prayers at the right time. And you can actually pray for two entire continents this way and take communion every morning in less than 30 minutes. It's about 20 minutes. And that leaves you a good 10 or 15 on your knees to pray for yourself, your loved ones, and other saints and people like me who need a lot of prayer while I'm praying for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for partaking in this wonderful opportunity. Thank you for taking the weaponry that you have been given to the evil one. Because they're robbing us of millions of our brothers and sisters that we otherwise could have had friends in heaven. And more to glorify God. Let's flip that around in the devil's face. Let me tell you something. God will bless you. That blessing may not come until eternity. But he will. He surely will. God bless you all. We'll see you next Friday, Lord willing. Again, sorry for the time overrun. Uh, but I just wanted to to, to share the, the tactics And why and the scriptures so that you're motivated to put the tactics in the proper order so that you are rewarded with the greater amounts. You're doing it because you love them. You, why wouldn't you? You wouldn't want anybody to go to hell, would you? No, you wouldn't. Not even the dancing prime minister in Finland. None of them. You don't want anybody to go to hell. That's from the compassion of Jesus. We don't do it because we want rewards, although we hope that we will be rewarded or be worthy to be found worthy to receive them, but we do it because we love them and because we love Jesus and because our Father is our, we love the, our Father with all of our heart, our mind, and our soul. See you next Friday, Lord willing. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Yes, Lord, 
praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on the living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.